0: attention broadcasters in the greater portland area your daily show prep begins now
1: Two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming along and making it uh, part of your listening day. It is Friday, uh, July 24th, 2009. Thank you for your radio presence and your patronage uh, on this morning. All right, coming up uh, later on today's program, we have uh, from TMZ, Dax Holt will join us because I guess... I guess so, the LAPD now has ruled out... They've ruled out suicide. Tim, do you have a list of what it's not? I think the LAPD put out this, this strange sort of inverse list about the Jackson thing. The plot thickens, and apparently the uh, doctor is the main suspect. So I, I guess they... I guess they've gone through and they've just uh, swept up everything that doctor has ever touched. Because they've now said that it... it, it almost it, certainly a homicide. Almost certainly a homicide. Which doesn't necessarily mean intentional, I guess. No. I mean, I guess it could be like one too many pushes of the uh, of the plunger. No. Oh, by the way, they did list all the pseudonyms that Jackson was using. The only one they didn't list? <gasps> Joseph, Joseph Scruz. Scruz. So there you go. So Joseph Scruz continues to be the providence of the Rick Emerson show. It is Friday. It's 503 uh, 228 4101. If you'd like to join us uh, telephonically today, 503 228 4101. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah with an H at kufo.com, tim at kufo.com, or uh, nibbler, n i b l e r, at kufo.com. You can uh, also text anytime if you like. It's 520. 5-1. So uh, from TMZ, Dax Holt joining us later on in the show. Uh, We will also uh, talk to Aaron Geek in the City, Duran coming up at 7 o'clock. In the uh, 8 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Steve Cronin, who is the starting goaltender for the Portland Timbers. We have a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2 we're giving away, and uh, the final pair of tickets to see the new Judd Apatow film, Funny People, which premieres uh, on Monday. Speaking of Judd Apatow, uh, so, John Apatow leads me to think about Seth Rogen, which leads me to think about The Green Hornet, which leads me to think about Comic-Con, which is where they premiered, I think, 15 minutes of the new James Cameron film, Avatar. They also world premiered the trailer for Alice in Wonderland, which is already online. And I haven't
2: seen it yet. Is it amazing?
1: It's pretty great. Oh, it's pretty great looking.
2: I knew it would be.
1: And then, of course, once you start talking about Comic-Con, then you got to talk about Star Wars. And having talked about Star Wars, that then leads us inexorably to Tim Riley at the uh, uh, news desk. Who, Tim, you and Greg Nibbler went to the Rose Garden yesterday. Yes. Because there was this major announcement being made vis-a-vis the world of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars. And so uh, you were there to cover it. And so there's an exciting video of that uh, online. And we have some sound from that, uh, from that news excursion as well. Uh, so we'll get to all that. It's it was all,
3: fantastic.
1: It's all very exciting. Hello.
3: It, it shows you just what a glamorous
1: life we lead outside of here.
3: <laughs>
1: it's everything and that I... People are
3: standing by to take us inside and and bring us to, uh, well, the points of news.
1: It's everything that I... Uh, everything I hoped it would be. All right. uh, good morning, Sarah Dylan. How are good you today? Good morning.
3: Look what I brought with me today.
1: What?
2: One of my Is that scarves? your Timbers scarf? Well, I have many of them, but this is one of.
1: Them. Now you know that I I don't really know anything about the Timbers, so you're going to have to help me uh, the interview. Uh, lumberjacks. Steve Krohn when he comes yes, uh, in later on. They're the lumberjacks. I mean I mean I mean I sort of I mean I know what it is, but I'm not uh, but I don't want to try to pass myself. I don't want to pose. Well I'm
2: not well and I'm not going to pose as if I'm like some huge you know knowledgeable person about soccer. I just really enjoy watching the Timbers and. I've followed him now for a few years, and he's a really good goalie.
1: You enjoy watching rippling young men uh, dash about on the field. I do
2: indeed, especially uh, you know that last time, the last Expo game that I went to when I got to hang out with the listener down on the field. Yes. That was so cool. You can listen, watch them scrimmage, and they're you know, like fifteen feet away from you.
1: So that'll be coming up in the five o'clock hour. Uh, Steve Cronin from the Timbers will be in the studio uh, in aid of the 820? upcoming. Yes, uh, in aid of the upcoming game against Burnley, which is uh, happening on the twenty fifth. All right, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news
3: with Tim Riley.
1: Good morning, everyone from the CBS News Center. It is five oh seven.
3: It's going to be ninety five today, one hundred this weekend. That's one. 100,
1: and on Monday, possibly even more than 100. I heard it was going to be uh, two consecutive days of 102 degrees. Yes, that's uh, what I saw last night. It was KGW or somebody was saying Mm -hmm. that.
3: Well, in an effort to keep Portland weird, and this is probably a national story already, a jury has declared the parents in that faith healing trial of their daughter not guilty. (sighs) Not guilty. Fail. Well, here's the problem. Here, there were the. Two-week trial, the prosecutors argued, obviously unsuccessfully, that Carl and Raylene Worthington failed to provide their child medical care due to their religious beliefs. Uh So... Apparently, they
1: didn't do a good enough job to convince the jury. What is it exactly that, that they had to prove that they didn't prove? I don't I know. I mean, where was the, what was the X factor in this? Don't didn't know. the parents, I and mean, this is just, I'm... I'm the, the, and we could go on all morning about this, really. This really and just we will. Something I'm reconstructing based upon uh, what I saw of the trial as it was being portrayed in the popular press. But didn't the parents get on the stand and essentially say that they didn't take the kid to the hospital because Jesus doesn't want them to? That is correct, yeah. And yes. so, therefore, the kid just got sicker and sicker and then deader and deader? Yes. Yeah. All right. And is no longer with us. Apparently, some there's some sort of vague air of ambiguity there that I'm not quite uh, picking up on. All right, I believe it's called liberals. Yes, that's right, Tim. So the question is:
3: Did Silverton's transgendered this is this is also going to go national. So we have two big national stories today. Did Silverton's transgendered mayor show a little bit too much skin? During a meeting with local school kids, you know, I've a seen a nonprofit group who clearly doesn't like him. A bunch of small-town busybodies is what they are. Claims Mayor Rasmus in wore a skimpy skirt and halter top, violating the city's dress code, whatever that might be. And the mayor's response. And who can disagree? It's over 90
1: degrees out in humid. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I see, now you've turned me around within the space of 25 seconds. No, here just, for. I, I have no problem with with Stu Rasmussen or him being a transgender or whatever. I'm it's just going to say, out. I my only point was going to be, because he uh, is, or at least was, the ticket terror at the Silverton Theater. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've stood in close proximity to that guy multiple times. I knew him way before he was mayor. I knew him when he was simply the guy who asked if you wanted extra butter on your popcorn. Uh, So having stood directly next to that guy, he doesn't really seem like the guy who leaps to mind when you think men who make skirts work. But, you know, then again, what do I know? I mean, like, would it be some, I don't want to sit here be some, uh, some poor man's uh, Timothy Gunn passing judgment on the transgendered mayor of Silverton. But, you know, if it's 98 degrees, cut a brother some slack. Let him wear what he wants. That's what I say.
3: Cash for Clankers begins today. Now, the local car dealers are hoping to cash in, and we hope they do because they spend advertising money with us. They're hoping that you'll take advantage of a $3,500 allowance for trading in a vehicle that gets 18 miles to a gallon or worse. And it gets even better. Of course, there are a lot of vehicles out there. Most vehicles, all these SUVs, must get less than eighteen miles a gallon. And you get forty five hundred bucks for gas guzzlers getting less than ten miles to a gallon. And there are plenty of those out there too. Those huge pickup trucks.
1: So here's a question: So if you're trading in a car that only gets ten miles to the gallon, mm-hmm. they're going to give you like three grand credit or whatever to buy a new car. Forty five grand. Forty five for less than ten for, miles to a gallon. So yeah, you're going to get like forty five hundred bucks uh, toward the purchase of a new car. Mm-hmm. What happens to the car you have traded in? They squash it. Okay, so they're not going to resell it in Vancouver that.
3: with the rest of the junk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's true. She's going to be stuck on somebody's front lawn in Clackamas. Um, so they're not, in other words, they're not going to resell that to somebody. No. They're not going to end up back out on the no, road.
3: The, the trick is to get these things off the road permanently.
1: All right. Excellent. Fair enough. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up around the corner.
3: Well, weird things happen in New Jersey all the time. And this time, a rabbi is tangled up in the mess. The chief rabbi of the synagogue in Brooklyn... ...is among three dozen arrested in a sweeping federal probe into money laundering and political corruption. Why should the rabbi be left out?
1: I was trying to do this whole thing yesterday. I was trying to work on this joke. It was like uh, three rabbis, uh, Mm. a senator, and two mayors walk into a courthouse. But they didn't really come together. But this
3: rabbi is 87 years old, so maybe he's been at it for a while. He is one of five rabbis, not just one, but five. They do it Jersey-style here. Charged with laundering hundreds of thousands of dollars. Members of the Ocean Parkway Synagogue, like this uh, fellow named Joe... Are stunned to learn about the dirty donations. I'm hoping uh, he gets he his name. I think somebody's setting him up. Cool. They don't seem like the type of person to do anything bad. Uh, Abe is a member of the synagogue and hopes the allegations are untrue. He is an honest man. He's always been honest. Anything anybody needs in the community, he's always there, he's always
1: helpful. That doesn't at all sound shifty. No. Like the guy in the community who's always there, able to lend a hand in whatever way you might need. Like if you need a guy handled, for example. All right. But straight ahead, we will have uh, uh, more regarding that situation. We will have Dax Holt from TMZ. About Michael Jackson, where the LAPD says it is uh, almost, quote, certainly a homicide. We'll talk about Tim Riley and Greg Nibbler going to see the Star Wars press conference at the Rose Garden yesterday and more from Comic-Con 2009. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
0: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts
4: with billions. Call 503-228-4101.
0: Stick a
5: bastard in it, you crap!
4: The Rick Emerson Show returns!
1: from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It is Friday. Coming up sometime before the end of the show, your uh, chance to win a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 which is happening next Tuesday. And uh, don't forget, until supplies last, you can go to uh, see our good friends at Dick Hanna Dodge and you can pick yourself up a general admission Crew Fest 2 ticket for just $10. Uh, We'll be giving away a a pair of those sometime today. Also, the final pair passes to see Judd Apatow's new comedy uh, Funny People, which premieres uh, Monday, the KUFO premiere of the that is Monday. I'll be giving away a pair of those. Today at the news desk, your personal savior on this Friday, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
3: Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is now 524. It's going to be 95 degrees today, which is going to be much cooler than what the weekend forecast. 100 degrees both Saturday and Sunday and even more by Monday. Or possibly even more by Sunday. It's going to be over 100 degrees. A Tualatin man who stabbed his wife in the head has been arraigned. The couple got into a spat last week when Zuluja Battles cut the missus, who was still in the hospital. Two are dead in a motorcycle truck collision in North Plains happened yesterday afternoon. The motorcyclist was just going too fast and burst into a wall of flames. Volunteers are working to make Troutdale more attractive. Come one, come all, see the new Troutdale. They've renovated an entire
1: ramshackle city block with the help of donations. Can we back up to the the motorcycle truck accident for just one moment? Sure. When you say just burst into a wall of flames, when he hit the car. Okay, so this was it. So there was like uh, a, it was like it uh, but it was like at an, an intersection or something. It doesn't say. All right, but there was, it was some sort of collision, and then there was an explosion. Orleans, yeah, all right, it's okay. going too fast. Just uh, making sure. All mm-hmm. right. We don't have that many witnesses in North Plains. I, Otherwise,
3: we'd have more on the story.
1: The only the the only thing the way was the, the way that I was that I was hearing it in my head oh, like I, an evil, can evil type of thing.
2: I, possibly, yes, but less successful
1: there. though. I was.
2: It sounded kind of like spontaneous combustion.
1: It sounded like he was in that movie Time Cycle or something, mm-hmm. and he was just as he was breaking the sound barrier. There was a lot of you know, like as he hit as he hit one hundred and eighty-eight point eighty-eight miles an hour, whatever it is that mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox has to do in the Delorean. It was sort of a poof kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox was not in North Plains. Okay.
3: Rowdy Roddy Piper is ready to rumble with the California courts. Okay, I made it through the first sentence. The 55-year-old wrestler (laughs) pled not guilty to DUI charges following his arrest in Hollywood earlier this month. Piper, whose real name is Roderick George (laughs) Toombs, entered his plea in court. He was arrested on the second in charge with one misdemeanor count of driving under the influence, one count of driving without a valid license, if convicted, and he won't be.
1: He'll get uh, six months in jail and a thousand dollar fine. Well, it doesn't look like we can even convict the faith healing parents. And uh, by the way, can we just say that faith healing is now officially the wrong term to use for them? Since, oh yeah. Since healing didn't really seem to be any part no. of the process it's at kind all. Of a faith killing. There's, yes, a faith snuffing. So, I mean, and they were essentially on the stand saying, you know, I did it, I did it. Boy, how you, did we do it? Come and get us. So no, we'll I mean, let we're, you go. We're right here. We'll give you a second chance. So if, if we're really not even able to convict them at this point, then I would say that uh, justice is going to be a thing. Not only not served cold, not served at all. All right. Just my assessment as an observationalist. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a landmine has
3: been let at goodwill, and it was intact, ready to use. Police in Colorado... Uh, say the landmine was found in a donation box at a Goodwill store in the West Denver suburb. A Goodwill employee, familiar with landmines for some reason, <laughs> found it. That's creepy. L- luckily, he was familiar with it, and he was the one that found it.
1: No, no, no. Let's get Bob out of the storeroom. He's uh, he knows all about incendiary devices.
3: So the strip mom, uh, the strip mom, the strip mall was evacuated. Please have an identified the person. I know who dropped off the device. I had a rough day <laughs> yesterday. I really did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anything we're you just let you, putting
3: words together that seem to make sense.
1: Anything you'd like to you share with the class, Tim? No, nothing. All right. Hey, can I just say this? Since we're since everybody's talking, about having a rough day. Yes. Um... So, uh, it's what? It's like 527 or so. So don't, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm also speaking for everybody else here. Don't get us wrong. This is a great job. I don't ever complain about my job. I I try very hard not to ever have any gripes or any sort of, and I don't ever bemoan the state of affairs that my life is in because the worst day at this gig is, is better than like the best day than a lot of people ever have. And I just, and I, and I realized that we're very lucky to do what we do what we like. But there are some weeks where you're just like, God damn, I can't wait for Friday to get here for the love of sweet baby Jesus. And this is one of those, if, if only because I think I'm on the downside of the little head cold that I've been battling all week. And I, you know, that I'm on, I think I'm past being contagious. I'm, past, I'm certainly not getting any worse. But I'm at that thing where I've been clearing my throat and then doing that kind of occasion. You, you get that uh, thorax rattling cough every now and again. And I don't know if, if this all happens, it happens to you, but when you get that. You get that cough or where you will, um, sometimes you will go to like blow your nose or something. And it's like everything in your head is connected in the most unpleasant fashion. And you are convinced that you have I- I- inadvertently wrenched part of your throat loose from its moorings. And it's just sort of waggling around inside where you're like, this is, have you ever? I mean, have you ever coughed so hard that you thought that part of your intestines were actually just going to come out? And you're like, that's yeah. it. I'm actually going to cough my larynx directly out of my throat. So I just had one of those uh, in the uh, men's restroom about 15 minutes ago. I it just it's kind of like a hacking attack all of a sudden, which is less interesting than either hack and sack or hacky sack. And so the hack the hacking attack was such that I was just waiting for sections of my uh, you know of of my uh, you know of my insides to suddenly be outside. So I thought I was the only one who was having a bit of a challenge today and then uh, and the team immediately began talking about strip moms. So <laughs>
2: I have a lot of mosquito bites again.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, Greg appears to be, uh, you know, uh, operating flawlessly today as he does every day. But uh, I'm just saying, it's, uh, I mean, we're going to we're gonna execute the program without errors, uh, you know, plug. or mistakes of any kind, you know, which is what we do. I'm just, uh, you know, sometimes we, uh, sometimes I like to pull back the curtain and let you see the machinery. That's it, we work here. Here's Tim Riley. So the cardiologist who was Michael Jackson's, well, doctor at the time of his
3: passing, has been officially named as the suspect in the singer's death. Search warrants approved by a Texas judge earlier this week allowed investigators to search for, quote, items constituting evidence for the offense of manslaughter that tend to show that Dr. Conrad Murray committed. That said, the criminal's offense during the Wednesday raid on the doctor's office could have something to do with the case.
1: But That's but we, legal talk, Thank hey, hey, you. Hey, I will say this. This is, um, according to TMZ, and we'll talk to Dax Holt later on the today, who could uh, shed some clarifying light on this. According to TMZ, I think it was the dermatologist, and you had this nailed yesterday when you said there's so many doctors involved here that you really need a scorecard to to keep track of who they are discussing at any moment, but I think everything has now settled on...
3: Pointed to Dr. Conrad Murray. Not that we're
1: trying to be judge and jury, mind you. And and Conrad Murray is the cardiologist or the dermatologist? He is the cardiologist. The cardiologist. The dermatologist...
3: Who who who, uh, put Michael Jackson on a bed and gave CPR... And try to bring him back to life. The dermatologist
1: is the guy who says he might be the father at this point. That's correct. The cardiologist, though, is the guy that they think might might have something to do right. with the fact that Michael Jackson is, you know, dead. Right. So the dermatologist
3: is allegedly the father. Who? And now he's saying, well, possibly he might be. He hasn't spoken in a couple of days. And he worked with Debbie Rowe. So I think. And, and the person who brought this thing up that he might possibly be the father is the ex-gay lover of the dermatologist.
1: Jesus God Almighty. All right. This is, I keep expecting Whoopi Goldberg to go, they save the head? Uh, the But I think it was the cardiologist, the TMC, said they were looking through his files, and Jackson was, of course, using all of these uh, pseudonyms, up to and including the pseudonym of Sarah?
2: Joseph Scruz.
1: Joseph Scruz. And, you,
2: can't, you can't say it like that, Rick. You have to do it.
1: Scruz. Scruz. Scruz, sort of with an, with an implied sort of umlaut over it and they said that the uh, the doctor actually but
2: if I had an umlaut, wouldn't it be screws
1: i suppose that the the doctor actually had files created for each one of jackson's pseudonyms but that then inside the file he just referred to him as michael jackson so it's like the you know so like the, it would be listed under D for Omar David, which I think is one of one of the names Jackson was using to get drugs, and so you'd open the filing cabinet, you go to D and there you go Omar David, but then inside it say Omar David it just said Michael Jackson it had like a Michael Jackson's picture inside of it, so that's not so really, now some other star can use the name Michael Jackson and get away with it, it it is available uh Michael Jackson's pseudonyms uh now available, slightly used but still serviceable here's Tim Riley. Well, you're going to Massachusetts soon, so you'll be relieved to know that the killer fox has
3: been killed. Well, at least one of them. After several attacks on people, a fox was shot and killed by animal control in uh, Massachusetts yesterday. One of the victims uh, tells the newspaper she was bitten by a red fox, and this fox was gray. She was bitten by a red fox? <laughs> That's what it said, a red fox. And that the fox killed was gray. <laughs> Two women in their yards, as well as a nine-year-old girl who was rolling... Hey, get out over here.
1: I'm going to give you some biting. So... This Fox chased down a rollerblading girl and bit her. I don't think I'm being given proper credit for going right to the Red Fox impression right there, which is difficult for me to do, uh, because I'm a white guy who has no voice left today.
3: And you're a pro. It, you're kind of showing that you're the medium age of Americans.
1: You know, Tim, I'm By knowing the... who Red Fox is. I am...
3: I not am that I'm a... trying to point this out, but I do care.
1: I am proudly in the demo Some uh, uh, for Rock 101 KUFO. On they already know who Red Fox is? Was? Is he the
2: same as Red Buttons?
1: No, Red he's Skeleton. not. D- okay, see, you can no longer give me crap for <laughs> no, saying that I'm aiming too old by saying talking about Red Fox because she goes right to Red Buttons. For the love of God, Greg, you know who Red Fox is. Okay, see, but Greg is a man steeped in popular culture, perhaps in a different way than Sarah is. Not to
3: be confused with Red J Fox, no, or no, Vivica A Fox,
1: or uh Red Sovine. Fine. Are we at the end? Is that yeah. it? That that is the br- Red Fox, I, Red I, Skelton, I Red that. Buttons, Red Sovine. I think that's it. I think we're at the end of that particular road. This has been the best opening half hour to a show we've ever had. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. One more of what? I don't know. One more story that'll give me a chance to do. Maybe I can do a, uh, maybe I can do a Danny Kaye impression for this next story.
3: All right. Well, yesterday they said uh, Osama bin Laden's son was killed. Well, maybe not. Apparently the military tried to spread this to make everybody feel good for a change. And it has been established that the son may have been killed. By a drone strike in Pakistan earlier this year. This year. They were just saying it happened yesterday. Now they're saying it may have happened this year.
1: <laughs> like a, you don't even have to wait for a secondary story to, conf- to conflict with the first one now. You can actually get individual sentences of the same story that don't work together. Mm-hmm. Officials said there was an 80 to 85 percent chance that he was killed during a strike. How would you calculate that there is an 80 to 85 percent chance that he was killed?
3: There were tons of people sitting in office buildings playing with numbers. It's like
1: Andy Carson is just sitting there just pointing at some sort of a graph. As you can see, we have an eighty to eighty five percent chance of death of Osama bin Laden's son in this area, right here, moving westward. All right. Well, in any event, let's uh do nothing this. All right, there we go. Not nothing, Tim. <laughs> It's a different slice of genius that we're going to do now. We'll be back uh, in just a uh, skosh, ladies and gentlemen, still to come this morning. Dax Holt from TMZ and your chance at Crew Fest 2 tickets. We're live from Portland.
4: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah
1: live from beautiful downtown portland oregon it is the rick emerson radio program thank you for joining us today it's 503-228-4101 503-228-4101 you can also uh, text if you like it's uh 52051-520- 5-1, we've got a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 coming up uh, some point uh, before the end of today's program. That is next Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. You can find out more about it at KUFO.com. Also today, the final pair of passes to see the new Judd Apatow film, uh, Funny People, when it premieres on Monday, courtesy of KUFO. It's 503-228-4101 at the news desk. It is your personal savior, Tim Riley. (laughs) In the News with Tim Riley. Hello again from the CBS
3: News Center. It is 544 Friday morning. It's going to be 95 degrees today, and that's cool because it's going to be 100 this weekend, possibly even 105, warmer than that by Monday. A 70-year-old pilot's recovering after a small plane crash near Washugal last night. Dr. Robert Brown was awake and speaking with rescuers after his plane clipped some trees and went down. The Portland City Council has cut a $31 million deal with the owner of the Portland Timbers to give PGE Park a makeover, keeping the soccer team in town. The owner, Merritt Paulson, will front $8 bucks of his own money, then repay $11 million for rent and tickets. Well, if at first you don't succeed, fail, fail again. Well, Nova County Sheriff Bob Skipper has failed his basic police training course for the second time. That is going to be the oldest police cadet in state history to head back to basic training in October.
1: So he's what, he's 70? I think he's the guy who's on the front of the Oregonian that yeah. there was a there was a piece about him.
3: I mean, you know it's a school of hard knocks. You didn't have to, you know, do all this stuff way back when and he has all this experience all of a sudden they they put these new, you know, rules on him.
1: It's because of activist judges, Tim. That's all of that's happening.
3: You don't need all this book learning that's, sometimes.
1: That's right. I don't need none of that there academia. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. And that's what happens when things go too far. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh I don't need uh, something or other. Did you see that the I we had this story about I don't know ten minutes ago where within two lines the story contradicted itself I think three different times. Uh-huh. I saw this soundbite yesterday Barack Obama saying that we were absolutely positively without a doubt without fail there wasn't any if, if if ands or buts about it. They were going to shove the health care thing through by the end of August. And then about 14 seconds later, I saw a soundbite from, I'm pretty sure it was the same Barack Obama, unless it was like the Barack Obama of New Brunswick or something, where he was saying that it's okay as long as we try to get it done by December. And then I swear to God, later on last night, I saw somebody saying that as long as we got it done by the end of 2010. So we're going to talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins about that later on. But I mean, by the end of the show, we might not not be planning to get health care for another 85 years or so. Here's uh, Tim Riley. I have that somewhere. We'll find that.
3: Um, anyway, law enforcement officials tell the L.A. County coroner they're going to release the autopsy reports of Michael Jackson's death next week. And the cause of death was, quote, almost certainly, that's almost certainly
1: homicide. What does that mean? That means death at the hands of someone. Now, homicide can be a little bit of a tri- uh, tricky term, though, because it doesn't necessarily mean that it was intentional right. or that it was uh, murder as, as such. There was, when I lived in Utah uh i've told the story before but there was i was there for the last time they did a firing squad execution there's this guy John Albert Taylor uh that they killed by firing squad in 1995 i think it would have been uh anyway and it was i mean it was just exactly as as you always see depicted they like tied the guy to a chair and put and they put like a little tiny paper heart on you and then the you know there's a bunch of guys stand behind so firing, a, a, a
2: a firing squad is like uh so like six like it's six people like or nazis would do and one person has a real bullet <laughs>
1: Actually, you're all correct, Tim. It is just like Nazis. Also, yes, there are... I think there was eight guns, and then it's like seven of them are loaded, and one isn't, or five are loaded, and three aren't, or something. And but the electric chair seems so old-fashioned. It seems I,
3: early 1900s. Why don't they change it to a microwave?
1: Just Well, because with a microwave, you don't, get that, uh, you don't get that thing that happened in Florida a couple years ago where they, they didn't put enough water or whatever on the sponge. Or am I thinking of the Green Mile? I think I'm conflating the two. I think it happened in the Green Mile... But then it also happened in Florida, not surprisingly, where they turned on the electric chair and it just set the guy's hair on fire. And then they had to come out, and they had to put him out, and they had to start all over again. They had to do it like three times. Oh man! It's like there's you know there's there's some guy with the big you know that big electric switch thing like in the Far Side cartoons where the I don't know the contact points must be dirty. Ted just click it back and forth a few times. But so there's the electric chair which they use everywhere else. There's in Washington. I think they still do hanging. New Hampshire, they do hang, but they haven't done one since the 1930s. See, but in Wash, they just hung somebody in Washington. I mean, it wasn't like like just a few years ago, but it was maybe in the mid 90s in Washington. They Washington hung- needs to make an example of more people. There would be less crime. There's all kinds of
3: foolishness going up there because people know they can <laughs> get away with anything.
1: So the next time somebody cuts me off in traffic, they ought to just have they ought to just be hobbled, Annie Wilkes style. Um, it, when I was living in Washington back in like, I think 93, they hung this guy Wesley Allen Dodd who. had... Had it coming, by the way. I mean, I'm not. I'm not really a pro-capital punishment guy. But if ever there was a guy who just, who really just deserved a good, long, painful hanging, it was Wesley Allen Dodd. He was just a bastard. So there's that. And then when I moved to Utah, it's like every, It's I can just make bizarre, barbaric punishments happen just by living in a place. So when I lived in Utah, they killed this guy, John Albert Taylor, uh, via firing squad. But much was made of the fact that if you looked at his death certificate afterward, which I think was made available to the media. Unlike certificates of another kind, we could mention, it actually listed the cause of death as homicide, and so all of the sort of anti-capital punishment folks latched onto that as you know proof that it's murder and it's whatever. So homicide could be a little bit of a broad and misleading term, but but I you know even if the doctor just gave Jackson like two or three you know too many pumps of Demerol or whatever it is. I mean, that certainly counts as homicide since, you know, that's it's another guy either advertently or inadvertently causing you to be all uh, dead and whatnot. Here's Tim Riley. So we'll find out what happens.
3: Uh, as TMZ has reported for weeks, they claim the LAPD has treated Jackson's death as a homicide. They also serve multiple criminal search warrants, most recently on Dr. Conrad Murray's Houston medical office. So he's the guy at the top of their list. So we'll find out what
1: happens with him. We've got somebody here. This is... Here's the uh, the breadth and depth of the uh, KUFO audience. So uh, this text message says, you want health care? Get a job. <laughs> um, so Lou Dobbs apparently has figured out how to mash his uh, beefy little hands into a cell phone. Also this, uh, we've got Sean who wants to, quote, correct me on execution methods. Who wants to be corrected on execution methods? Sarah? Okay. Tim? Sure, why not? All right, okay, there we go. Two out of three. Hello, Sean, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you?
6: Hello, Rick, Sarah, Tim. Addle. What's, What's up, up sir? I knew, I knew that'd be right up your alley some uh, execution talk. When they do firing squad, they do, it's
7: probably, you know, five to six people, and then one of them will have a blank just so that, like, they don't have the burden of them actually being the person that killed the guy.
1: Does it occur to you that maybe you ought not volunteer to shoot a guy in the head <laughs> uh, or anywhere else if you don't want to be, quote, burdened by it, especially if you know that there's a five in six chance that you will be the guy who uh, who's doing the uh, the killing? I think back in the day I don't think that some of that stuff was voluntary. Uh, that's well that's probably a fair point. That's you were probably conscripted to to do that kind of thing back then. All right, that's a, no that that makes sense. I can accept
5: that. And the uh, the dry sponge thing that was from my uh, green mile.
1: Okay, so I'm confusing an actual guy in Florida with the strange case of John Coffee as serialized by Stephen King.
5: But there there was a
1: case where a guy was electrocuted and he still lived, so he, they had to electrocute him again like a couple of days later. Awesome. If you
2: beat electric, uh, electrocution, they should totally just – no, I guess people deserve it if they do it, but I'm like, maybe they should just get another shot.
1: Well, I always heard – and see, this might be an urban legend – I always heard that if you somehow – if you inexplicably survived uh, the state's uh, – I was going to say good faith attempt, but that seems like the wrong way to put it. But, you know, like if the state gives it their all to kill you, like they shoot you a whole bunch of times, you just don't die – that you sort of, that you got to pass, that you basically get to walk. But, it, you know, but that seems like it can't possibly be true. Yeah. Especially because, as you said, I think there's been at least one case where they gave a guy the juice and he lived. And so they they were like, well, we'll come back and we'll try to get the day after tomorrow. Rest up. We'll be back. So, all right. Thank you, sir. One more thing. Yes, sir. Oh, bastard.
3: Oh, I have something for you. Yes. It is true. that Obama says it's okay if the health care bill isn't passed until the fall.
1: Yeah. We have a sound from this. just
7: the... heard today that well, we may not be able to get the bill out of the Senate by the end of August or the beginning of August. That's okay.
1: All right, maybe we can just have uh, maybe we can just have Raylene Worthington just pray for all of us. You know, I got a, In fact, you know, I got a long list of people I know that got things that no health care to take care of it. We should just go to uh, what's the guy's name? Carl. We should just go hang out at Carl and Raylene Worthington's house and have them get their prey on, uh, you know, for uh, you know, for everybody else we know. In fact, if we could find maybe their phone number, some contact information, then I'm just saying because they apparently do have a. Uh, well, we'll have to find their people. They have a direct line to God. Uh, uh, I mean, as as I'm to understand it, so maybe we could be harnessing some of their, uh, you know, some of some of, some of their Jesus power. I think to, that's uh, Jesus. to heal others. I'm not. Don't. Don't send me don't send me their phone number. I retract that. I'm re- I'm withdrawing and redacting that. Please don't send me that information because if you do, I'm going to have to do something awful with it. Nobody wants that. I mean, I do want that, but I shouldn't do it. This is a thing where I should I should not obey my own baser impulses. Here's Tim Riley. That is kind of strange.
3: So I, I'm, I have, like, mounds and mounds of Michael Jackson
1: stories here. Well, why don't you take a, a moment? We'll get caught up on that. We'll sort through the Jackson stuff. Coming up next hour, CNN Radio Correspondent, Lisa Desjardins will join us at uh, 625. Aaron Duran will have the weekend Geek at 7. Dax Holt from TMZ at uh, 8 a.m. And coming up uh, at 8.20 this morning, Steve Cronin, who is the starting goaltender for the Portland Timbers. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from Portland, Oregon.
4: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO. KUFO!
0: Pop, pop pop!
1: Portland. Were you just Were you just doing a commercial there, or was that something you were actually saying?
2: No, seriously.
1: Alright, Sarah just said the following. Let's see if we can replicate that moment. By the way, you're listening to the Rick Emerson Radio program. It is 503-228-4101. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, here on Rock 101 KUFO. Alright. I guess I have to set this up. So I have... We won't have time to go through the whole thing, but I have this article from Wired Magazine, which is really one of the finest publications on Earth, and it is called 100 Things Your Kids May Never Know About. This is by Nathan Barry. We're not going to go through, through all 100, it's because some of them are very obscure, and also we've got... We've got all this Michael Jackson news to get to. So... But it's it's a list of things essentially that no longer exist or that are being phased out because of advances in technology. So it's things that your kids probably would not be familiar with or would have to sort of you know they'd have to look them up to see what you were talking about. And so for the first one, for example, is um, inserting a VHS tape into a VCR to watch a movie or to record something. And you know, here's the thing: you look back. I mean, it, it, what savages we were having to use a VHS tape. I don't even know. I don't know how I got anything watched.
2: I still watch VHS. Yeah, but
1: the, and the you don't record things on your VCR, do you?
2: No, but I have a friend who does.
1: See, and I the the fact that I remember when it was a great advancement that you could watch one thing on your VCR while you were recording something. You know, in other words, you couldn't watch back a videotape, but you could watch one channel live while recording another channel onto your VHS tape. Which I mean, that seemed like a staggering innovation at the time. Um, but you know, in the era of you know TiVo and DVR, I mean, I it, it is it is unfathomable to me that I was ever able to get any amount of cultural literacy uh, going in my life. You know, with that as the technology. Uh, let's see the next thing. A uh, hundred things your kids may never know about. Number two, Super Eight movies. I barely remember Super Eight movies. Tim undoubtedly does.
2: I don't remember them at all.
1: Tim was probably a cinephile early on, and we didn't, we never had access to anything. We had a neighbor who had a Super Eight camera, but I think for reasons of finance, more than anything else, we didn't have Super Eight uh, cameras. But we had, but man, I knew people that had them, and they would have these big. These, you know, these uh, big boxes full of little film canisters, yep. the, and they were like, l- they were like miniaturized versions of those huge film spools that you'll see up in a projection booth or something. And that's like what the family used to make home movies, right?
3: We made a Superman movie. Did you? Yes, my cousin who looked a lot like me—we were, we were supposed to be Superman twins. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Was this kind f- of amazing. filmed in and around your uh, your home yeah, of Nashua? Fil- it was filmed on
3: location, and we tried to sync up the sound with a cassette recorder, but it did not work out well. We tried it on uh,
1: numerous occasions. Please tell me it still exists. I don't know where it is. All right. If you uh, if you find it, you are legally required to bring it in so that we can view it. Uh, it, it was my first attempt at filmmaking. And, then I'm, and I'll skip ahead to the next page. So this has, uh, let's see, this is uh, number 37, using an encyclopedia. And then Sarah used the following phrase. Sarah said, "I couldn't get anything done on my homework without my encyclopedia." Which my sounded encyclopedia for all the, the world, you're, sorry, your Encyclopedia Britannica." Did you actually have a full set of Encyclopedia Britannica? We had a full
2: set of Encyclopedia Britannicas, and then we also had um, some like extra sets that, like, you know, ones about like animals and about math, like uh, just the different. Some of them, you know, had. Uh, they're more specialized.
1: So so there was like a regular A through Z, and then they Because it was before the you... time of
2: the internet. So, I mean, so I, that's the way I got my information. Like, if it wasn't in my school book, then I could go to my Encyclopedia Britannica and look it up.
1: Wow. So, uh, I know they're having difficulty reaching the new generation, <laughs> so clearly they need the marketing power of Sarah Dillon. And then they would, s- they would sell you then standalone volumes mm-hmm. that was just like world history or yeah, politics or something. things, yeah. Fascinating. So, did you have to buy the encyclopedias all at once, or did they sell them to you like one at a time, like on the installment plan You or had something? to
2: get them one at a time. Well, at least we did, because it'd be like, one encyclopedia would be like A, B, and like some be, you know,
1: C, D. Would well, they sell you the pointless volume first, like Q or something? Mm, yeah, well,
2: some of them X. would be standalone, some would be like A, B, and then C, D, and then there would be like. E and then you know they'd be paired up again.
1: What was the longest uh, volume of the encyclopedia?
2: I think it was WXYC.
1: Yes, really? Okay, because they put all four letters into one.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: So. Well, I I have to say, how, first of all, how much was a set of encyclopedia Britannica to buy? It
3: was expensive. I remember. There was also uh, the, the big supermarket buys who was a different encyclopedia every week with a fifty dollar purchase. And sort and of you a, could yeah. buy one for five bucks, but it wasn't like it, like was, the like, like, brand? it was like Kroger brand. Funkin Wagnall's <laughs> Encyclopedia
1: or the Columbia Encyclopedia. Funkin Wagnall's, by the way, which really only exists so Carson can make fun of it. Mm. Uh, if you watch, I was—I was just watching one of my uh, the, the Carson Best of DVDs a couple weeks ago, and he was doing the the you know the story of a man jar and Funkin Wagnall's front porch, and et cetera. Um, I actually remember going over to my friend John's house when I was a kid and having all this weird class envy because he had the full set of Encyclopedia Britannicas, But now that I think about it, I don't think I've actually saw him use them. I think. That was a thing where parents had them in the house and they were under the, somehow, the illusion that just Possessing them was enough that your kid, through osmosis, would become smarter. <laughs> suck up the knowledge. But it's like if your kid isn't inclined to open a book, your kid's not inclined to open an encyclopedia. So, how much would it would a set of those cost? Like right off the shelf? if you were if the, the encyclopedia guy. First of all, was it a guy? Was there a guy who came to your house to sell you encyclopedias? Yes, and it was always a school teacher that had the local franchise. Really, and he was and he was sort of a, a bespectacled young yes, lad who would come and oh, an older fellow. Hi, are, are you curious about the world of learning? Do you wish for your child to be accepted at Academy? this fall and then they would pitch you the whole set if you just said my kid's a lunk and I'm going to do whatever it takes to try to smartify him a little bit sell me everything you got how much would it cost to buy a full set of Encyclopedia Britannica's
2: I'm looking at this right now and currently right now to buy a full set
1: currently let us I bet you could haggle them down (laughs) now I I don't know that that price is very fixed
2: take a guess how much do you think it is
1: you're talking in 2009 dollars
2: in 2009 a full set of Encyclopedia Britannica's
1: is it just like half an hour of chat? Do I just have to pretend to do I have to just listen to them uh uh talk for a while? Um a full set of encyclopedia britannica in 2009 probably costs I okay, we should all guess. Tim and Greg and I should all guess and then whoever is the closest without going over like showdown style will be the victor. <laughs> My guess will be $350. Oh no. Tim? I would say it's more like the thousands. What is your what is uh what is your guess? We need uh, an actual dollar figure here. A brand new set of Encyclopedia Britannica's, the full set in 2009 today. At least 2500. Okay, so I'm saying 350, 2500. Uh Greg's guess is $1200. Sarah?
2: It is. Four hundred and thirty dollars. Oh. <laughs> wow,
3: that is cheap. All right, so that is. Uh, uh, they must have gone to. I I remember being.
2: I remember them being ridiculously expensive. Like yeah. they were really expensive back because my parents did it in like payment plans. Would be like
1: because they couldn't buy the whole we, thing we at got once.
2: C and D. And
1: so I mean, if you were so if they were paying like five hundred bucks, and that would have been like fifteen years ago. I mean, you know, that's probably the equivalent of a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars now. Mm-hmm. So, so I was the closest without going over, but I was still way off. Greg was actually the, the closest in terms of in terms of actual dollars. Yeah. Would you say it's five hundred?
2: Yeah, like almost five hundred. Five hundred. So
1: gone down. Okay, so I guess so. I guess I was not that far off, but actually, I but I was deliberately bidding very low uh, because I figured they had to have cut the price. Here's the thing. You know, the other thing the kids will not remember. I can already tell we're going to be able to milk this for hours of entertainment. <laughs> Spats. <laughs> Button shoes. Um, snap brim hats. The uh, this, this list of things your kids won't know. So you were saying the Encyclopedia Britannica, but you know technology moves so fast. It, kids now will probably not know what Incarta is.
3: My, my cousin, who was a history teacher, told us, Never to buy encyclopedias because the
1: knowledge of the world doubles every five years. See, and that was my other thing. Am I, and I bet that Sarah is this way, too. Uh, Sarah and I share a lot of crazy. There's a, We have a whole lot of areas of overlap in terms of our mental deficiencies and breakdowns. Does it bug you when you are reading something that purports to be a reference book and it's outdated? Yes. And it's like from two years ago? Oh, yes. Rick Steves, you're up 2004. And you're like, I can't use it.
2: <laughs> That it, I have to buy every, t- every um,
1: year I go to New York, I have to buy a
2: new travel book. Because I can't use one yeah, from last I year. Because so, it, I have, so I have a ton of them sitting on my shelf because I can't use one from the previous year. It,
1: even if nothing has changed, mm-hmm. even if everything is fundamentally the same, I cannot use a reference book. It makes my skin itch just to think about using a reference book that it has factually outdated information or that just has the wrong year. You're totally right about that. I always go to TripAdvisor.com. No, see, but that's see. So that's the thing. That is that's another thing that you don't really have to worry about. I mean, if you're going to buy like a uh, you know like an actual book, like a, a paper book that you let's carry go along with you, USA, weekend, or let's go to London. Exactly. One of the you know you're going to what was this? Well, it's Croatia on fifteen zirknon today or something. Mm-hmm. You're going to carry that with you. I have to have the one from two thousand nine because if I have the one from two thousand six. I, I just feel like... I feel incomplete somehow. I feel like the... I feel well, it
3: be, may, may be run by a military unta.
1: And you, <laughs> well, you don't that's know true. Especially it. depending on where you're going in the world. There might be... And I am always under the uh, assumption... It's that like some- the presidential palace is just a black smoldering hole somewhere. <laughs> Some crucial bit of information that I will need, and I'm going to be held down by leftist guerrillas, uh, you know, under heavy sniper fire, and I'm going to turn to page 73 about like emergency numbers to call if you and your family are being held for, you know, for ransom, and the number will go to just like a dial tone because it will have changed or something. Mm-hmm. So I always have to have the brand new reference book. Every I'm,
2: year I have to buy, um, there's this uh, book called Not for Tourists, right? which is like the best book about New York, and I have like five of them now because I have to buy one. Because I can't use the previous series one because I just—it's it, torn to shreds by the end of the trip, and plus it is outdated. All right, that's see. Right.
7: So
1: I'm glad I'm not alone there because that's a thing that I. Th- and that, you want to keep your passport updated too. Yeah, like, I'm. I'm Slide. Absolutely compulsive about all you that never stuff. Know
2: when you're going to have to run. That's that. right. That's
1: right. All right. Uh, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. 228 We return. We'll talk to Cena Radio Correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. I will guarantee you she had a set of encyclopedias as a kid.
2: I bet she still does.
1: Probably now. Yeah. She's probably <laughs> updated that within the last month or so. Uh, later on this morning, we'll talk to Aaron Duran about the week in geek, and Dax Holt will give us the word from TMZ. You stay right there.
0: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO share your thoughts.
1: We'd like to glean it from your brain.
0: Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
1: You know what I failed to do right here? If you listen really closely, you can hear the sound of an angry pen being scratched by Chris Paddock as he notes that I did not come back with the Encyclopedia Britannica commercial starring Donovan Freeberg. Fail! Fail! All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503 228 is our telephone number. Coming up uh, within this hour, a pair of passes to see the new Judd Apatow comedy, Funny People, which premieres Monday, courtesy of KUFO. And at uh, some point... Before the end of today's program, at some point before 9 a.m., we're going to give away a pair of passes to see Crew Fest 2 next Tuesday. You can find out more at KUFO.com. Uh, Don't forget uh Dick Hanna-Dodge, though. They are selling tickets to Crew Fest 2 for just $10 each. General admission tickets, while supplies last. Limit eight per person. $10 will get you tickets to Crew Fest 2 at Dick Hanna-Dodge. At the news desk, your personal... Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> got the... Through
2: puberty over there? I got
1: the... It's not even that I'm, like, sort of coughing or hacking much. I've just it's got just, that... It's very dry. I've got the permanently dry throat going on now because I'm kind of getting over that little head cold that I had.
2: But we're powering through. It's Tim Riley. <laughs> In
4: the
3: news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the CBS News Center, it is 625. Speaking of cars, the Cash for Clunkers deal goes into effect today. You... Uh, they want to get these things off the road and crush them. And throw them into a scrapyard somewhere, so the uh, tax credits go from thirty-five to forty-five hundred dollars, depending on how much of a gas customer your car is. So that is a good thing. Uh, you know who we're not going to have to kick around anymore after Sunday is Sarah Palin. She is officially done
1: as the governor of Alaska. Well, we won't be able to kick her around uh, as regards to being the governor of Alaska. There'll be lots of other things for which we can kick her. Because didn't the, didn't that ethics probe come back positive? Yes. Didn't the uh, the 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 D.A. um, the D.A. uh, looked at the stick and it said plus, which means that there's so I think they're going to try to nail her on this business of raising funds. See if I get this right. They have found her uh, not guilty, but I think they have said that there's reason to believe uh, that she has a, a legal ethics problem. In other words, not just sort of a generalized she's not a very nice person problem, but an actual she may have violated the law problem. Because she was using her uh, position as governor to raise money to fight, to stem the costs that came from the legal ethics investigation in the first place. I think it's a whole weird cyclical thing. Oh, the irony. It's all very strange. Uh, Anyway, so which the mayor may not have expedited her uh, exit from that office. Uh, this is kind of sad.
3: A road trip by four Canadian teens turned tragic when the car they were riding smashed into a tree at high speed, killing two and leaving other uh, two others in critical condition. Uh, these kids are all from Calgary. They graduated from high school, and everybody takes a big road trip. We all have. They had visited Phoenix, uh, San Diego, and were on their way back mm. to Seattle. So, Did you go on your uh, high school road trip? No. No, did? I did not. That
2: happened to my friend's uh, sister in college. They all, were all driving to Disneyland, and mm-hmm. um, one of the girls fell asleep at the wheel.
1: When does the, well, see, now I feel like I can't weigh in because it's just like one buzzkill after I another. Know, mine,
3: wasn't tra- mine wasn't tragic. I went to Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. <laughs> I went to Magnetic Hill and Reversing Falls.
2: I went to Hawaii.
1: And you? I, I don't know. Now I went to I, Pascoe. I, never, I was just going to say, I don't really know what a, what a high school, what a graduation road trip is. I don't mean to sound like I'm out of the cultural loop. But, but what,
3: you pick a place you really want to go to to get away from everyone you know,
1: at least for a week or so. My answer was anywhere but my hometown. That was really my answer. And for any length of time, it didn't matter. Here's my high school road trip. I moved to Spokane. That's it. I moved to Spokane and I got a job. That is some distance. That's is this a thing you take after you graduate but before right. you go to college? Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Right. It's
2: like a celebration <laughs> of high school right. gone. And right. so it's we're
1: declaring your independence. You and your uh, you and your pleasantly diverse group of friends get into a car and you travel across the country really? and you have coming of age adventures. As pleasantly diverse, we were all white back then. <laughs> <laughs> I meant now, Tim. Oh, they uh, now that uh, now that we're in a Tim, the, we have the changing modern... demographics now, but back then. Now, you and your, ben, your, your United Colors of Benetton friends. Right.
3: You uh, might have seen them on sitcoms, but you didn't see them in person. <laughs> so we went to New Brunswick. What is Andover, in, Nova Scotia. What's in New Brunswick? Is what, that, do you go but, crabbing or something? Man, I do You go to the bottom of this hill, put your car in neutral, and your car mysteriously is pulled up this hill. All and right. then you go to reversing falls... In uh, Halifax,
1: is this what uh, uh, passes for entertainment in New England? Things going the opposite direction from which from the direction they usually go. You know
2: that sounds kind right. of awesome.
1: I guess it does. All right, let's. And see. It is Canada. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson oh. Show. From the hill CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins Hello there, Lisa. How are you? And hello. All right. Can you hear me in the back?
8: <laughs> High. All right,
1: hi there. I think that may have been on our end. I think we had the uh, there was a button that was uh, supposed to be depressed that wasn't. Hey, let me uh, ask you this: Did you go on a, uh, a senior graduation road trip?
8: Um, we did. We did go to the. We went to the beach. I don't think it really counts as a road trip.
1: We I mean, was it? Um, was this for multiple uh, weeks? Was this for a day? Was this for we several to, days?
8: For like a week, and sadly, I um I had bronchitis and was on. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, medicine for that, and I can't think, and antibiotics, and I laid out on the beach 40 minutes the first day. Second-degree sunburn. Went to the emergency room.
1: Worst graduation trip ever. yeah,
8: yeah it, was, it was. really. So I was. I slept standing up the whole week. It was pretty funny.
1: So you're on. So you're on antibiotics, which means you can't think. Also means you can't drink, uh, because I think that alcohol and antibiotic. Not that you would have done that anyway, because I'm sure you tr- treat your body as a temple of Jesus.
8: But yeah, we were just too nerdy to drink in high
1: school. <laughs> Can you get me one of those? It, and if you did drink, it would be. It would Sarsaparilla. Be, uh, Well, so you know, I was gonna. I was gonna say that, it, in the event that you would. Uh, tempted to imbibe alcohol uh, during your late teens or perhaps early 20s it probably would have been something from Bartles and James as well because that's how you did it uh,
8: that's true in my in my college days that was my yeah the Bartles and James was like a first like whoo
1: Bartles and James or California coolers which I believe they do not sell at this point in time I think that's no, a, uh, did, all about that that's are, great. hey sir do they still sell wine coolers Oh yeah, is that a thing that, that, that's like still Booms on the market? And- well, no, no, no. That's just actual. Well, I mean, I was going to say it's actual wine. It's not really wine, but you but
2: know what? Yeah, like they it, sell the ones with like a little paper top. Yeah, it looks like,
1: like a little brow thing mm-hmm. with like a little foil on top or something.
2: Yeah, I never drink them, but no. They, they well, do because
1: sell them. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, and they're very girly. I mean, that is the very girly. And I think for I think the first time that I was ever at a party in high school where there was alcohol being served and parents weren't in attendance. I think that may have actually been the first ever, like, illicit alcohol beverage that I drank in its entirety was a Bartles and James wine cooler, which is one of those things you look like you never realized at the time, or I didn't anyway, exactly how feminine those things really are. It's like drinking a Zima, basically. I mean, there's just no—anyway. All right. Uh, Well, let me ask you this. It was I hallucinating yesterday, or did in the space of about five minutes, did we go from having Barack Obama say that we were going to have this health care thing done one way or the other by the end of August to him saying it was going to be, like, by sometime early next year? <laughs>
8: um, there was probably a little bit of hallucination involved there, but you but you were close. It was based on a real event, uh, which is that the the Senate is now not going to take its first vote on health care until after it comes back from its summer break, so until September. Um, and the president had wanted that to happen by August 7th. So, But they're not going to do it. They can't do it. So now what the president is saying, he actually he's been saying this before, it's still the same overall timeline. He says, I want a bill on my desk by this fall, which really means the 1st of November. So that, that's where he is. Not the first of next year, but the first of November, the the fall, is where what they're talking about for all said and done.
1: I have a, an observation to make, and then I have a question for you. So my first observation is this. I remember, and we've talked about this several times, when Giuliani was running for president, when he was in the primaries, Giuliani had this uh, how, whatever uh, how, whatever those uh, those failings may have been that brought him low uh, and that it forced his, uh, his exit from the primaries, he had this one great little bit of theater he would do where he would take that folded up piece of paper out of his back pocket and he would say and under a Giuliani presidency uh, this will be your tax return. As you can see, it's one side, it's 11 by 8. Uh, there's about 15 lines and that's it and this is all you will need to fill Loud. And he never really played that up enough. It was a, Americans love an easily graspable yes. concept like that. Yes. I think the, the deal with healthcare is however good or bad that the plan may be. And I'm not gonna pretend that I understand it. It's just so massively complicated, seeming at least. And I did see that chart the Republicans put together, which is hilarious, which looks like some sort of weird Rube Goldberg m- meets <laughs> like the schematic diagram for my toaster oven kind of thing. But it's like healthcare just seems so complicated that it's a void into which the parties can inject whatever their, you know, their sort of spin on it is. And Americans just get very flummoxed by the whole thing. And they just, and they just, you know, and they flip over to like a true blood marathon or something. So yeah. I think what needs to happen is this. And I'm only half joking. I think rather than coming out of the gate with some big bite off more than you can chew and more than you can possibly institute healthcare system, the government just needs to start small by saying, Under an Obama administration for the first four years, your aspirin will be free. Aspirin will be paid for by the government no matter how much you use. No matter whether it is the coated or the uncoated variety, it may be the children's chewable variety, but your aspirin will be paid for entirely. Because you know what? That's a thing we could all understand.
8: get that, right, right, and I think right. If you came
1: to Americans right now and said, look, it's going to cost you like a hundredth of a cent out of every paycheck. But you know what? You're never going to have to buy a damn aspirin again. We're buying it for you. Americans would give that a thumbs up right now. Then the next year, Tylenol. Year after that, maybe Tylenol and like, I don't know, like having your right foot examined. And then you just work your way up and you it's going to take us 50 years but I mean, 50 years from now, we're never going to get anything done if we keep doing it the way we are now. Doesn't it seem like they should aim for less?
8: Perhaps so, you know, and that's the kind of the, the president. I don't know if you, he, it's like, it's like we're back in Obama versus Clinton time, where like you just, he was everywhere, you know, you're, you're seeing him all the time, but he's saying the same things over and over again, and he's kind of trying to do that, but the stuff he's saying just isn't, is, is still a little bit more, too elusive. He's trying to say, here's specifically what we'll do, guys, and then after that, he says a bunch of stuff that people are like, huh?
1: And it just becomes a sort of a wah, wah,
7: wah, wah expenditure. You know- yeah. You're
8: out of pocket cost, you know, you're wellness and prevention, you know, all, all of these things that that are really important, but they, you know, just kind of is like, it'd be like you're in high school in a very s- hot sleepy room. Yeah,
1: exactly. I And my eyes start to cross, and then I just, you know, my hands start itching for the, uh, for the remote control. Um, yeah. Hey, it, final thing here. We were, uh, it wasn't necessarily a bet, but we were sort of, we were speculating. We were postulating uh, earlier on in the program. I have this great list from Wired Magazine about a hundred things your kids will never know or deal with, and it's you know, sort of things that have been obviated by technology. One of them is encyclopedias, as in the hard copy of the Encyclopedia Britannica. So my question to you is, uh, did you have a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas growing up? Do you have a set now? And if not, when is the last time
5: you had a set?
8: We, I did have a set growing up. In fact, there were two sets. I had, like, the children's encyclopedia, and then we had inherited an encyclopedia from, like, some branch of our family that the kids had grown up, and now we got it, uh, which was, like, the big honkin' Encyclopedia Britannica. My mom still has uh, the, bit, the big, cool one uh, with a little bit of, perhaps, moldy uh, pages to it, because I, the last time I used it was probably high school, not even, I don't know, if high school, maybe, must be.
1: When you're looking up amoxicillin and how it might interact with with your Bartles and James?
8: Oh, man, I was, you know, I'm not saying that I was quite like the girl from Say Anything, but, I mean, I would just read those things like it was a book. Like, I just i just love them.
1: The name you're looking for is Diane Court, by the way. Thank you, Diane uh, And it's, she's Good like job. the dictionary where she's got every word sort of with a star or something next to it, which is yes. which is awesome. Circle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right, thank you. Lisa Desjardins, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, guys, you too. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There you go, That's Lisa Desjardins. Oh,
3: start. Darda, I forgot to ask her if she saw Chris Matthews take an axe to Gordon Liddy. Really? Oh, it's I, I have the uh, the video and audio. As a matter of fact, I posted it on my website. All
1: right, we come back. We'll talk more about that. That's Tim. Your ideas intrigue me. I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. All right. All right. Uh, coming up later on this morning, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to uh, Timbers goalkeeper Steve Cronin at 8.20 and Aaron Duran at 7 with The Weekend Geek. Stay there. We're live from downtown Portland, Oregon. This is The
4: Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show.
2: If you're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book.
4: On Rock 101.
1: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's Friday. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk to Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. He'll have the week in Geek for us, including a look at Comic-Con 2009, which is underway as we speak. At 8 a.m. this morning, Dax Holt from TMZ will give us the latest on Michael Jackson. At 8.20, Steve Cronin, who is the uh, goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers, will be in the studio with us. This at the news desk is... What?
2: What? are you going to do the contest, sir? Oh, thank you, Sarah Dillon. No problem, Rick Emerson. Well remembered.
1: I'm sorry. It's uh, My head is all filled with... Uh, my head's just filled with sort of a tasty cream uh, filling. Ew. Uh, at this uh, juncture, we're going to give you a chance to win uh, a pair of passes to see the new Judd Apatow film on Monday when it premieres, courtesy of KUFO. A pass for two to the KUFO premiere of Funny People, which is the latest from writer-director Judd Apatow, starring Adam Sandler, Seth Rogen, uh, Jonah Hill, and Jason Schwartzman, the KUFO... Pre- uh, KUFO premiere is Monday the 27th from Columbia Pictures, rated R, 18 and older, but if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101 you will get a pair of passes to see that Monday that is caller 10 at 503-228-4101 this is Tim Riley in the news with Tim Riley
3: good morning from the CBS News Center it is now 649 it's going to be 95 degrees today but consider that to be very cool because it's going to be 100 this weekend Possibly more than 100, and definitely more than 100 by Monday. All right.
1: You were saying 102,
3: and then at one point... I heard 103, and I heard 104 when I was walking down the hallway. (laughs) No. I don't think it's an auction. The more people I listen to, the higher it gets. Well, all right then. Well, I guess they can call it Oregonzo City. A jury has reached a verdict in that faith-healing trial, and this couple is not guilty? yeah not guilty Carlin Rayleigh Worthington not guilty of manslaughter and the March two thousand and eight death of her their fifteen uh, month old Donna ava they're members of the followers of Christ Church they practice faith healing they 're still practicing and they observe a doctrine
1: opposed to <laughs> medical treatment I'm so glad you got that I was you beat me to that joke, but you delivered it better anyway. They need more practice. The by the way, if you want to be angered, and I know you do, yes, you do. You should pick up today's the Oregonian world is full of hate. Just read. Why the, not stoke it it's, more? It's not just the world; it's really just me right here. Uh, I'm looking at the Oregonian as the front uh, the front cover story, of course, and then you go to page A eight. The best part is the picture of the uh, parents smiling broadly as they are acquitted of um, these charges. Incidentally, that just, smile was put on their face by Jesus. If, if I can make just a couple of observations here, sure, uh, I'm just uh, you're going to read this just from the uh, from the transcript and from the history of uh, of this case and as it wended, uh, wound its way, wended its way through the uh, through the legal system. If I ever have quote a softball sized cyst on my neck that is evident for months and has impeded my breathing and swallowing ability. I don't care if I tell you I'm going to be healed by goblins or not. I'd like you to get a doctor. Just, even if I resist, I might actually say, no, 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 no. A Keebler elf is going to come by and he's going to remove the cyst for me. Don't listen to me. Because you know why? That's crazy talk. So I would like for you to, uh, I'd like for you to get a doctor to come come take a look at me here. Also, if, the best part here is if you uh, if you look in the front, you can see the bottom where they're talking to one of the jury of uh, four people who says, quote, well, they're very clearly good parents. That is clear. All right, Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news
3: desk. No wonder why people laugh at us. <laughs> so Chris Matthews, uh, we don't talk about it very much because he doesn't do anything noteworthy, but last night was an exception. He took an ax to Gordon Liddy, who's barely alive. You see him sitting there with his eyes blinking, <laughs> and that's about it. So he came on because he's one of the leaders of this wacko thing that says uh, Barack Obama's an illegal alien because he he hasn't shown his birth certificate. Now, the problem with this is, is in Hawaii... They do not make copies of birth certificate. They just don't in state law. Well, they, because so they, they give
1: a reasonable facsimile thereof. Because as in Hawaii says, and I think with some justification, look, pal, if we give you the original and then you lose it, then we're all screwed. Right. So would you take it? It's like they don't give you the original water lilies to hang in your dorm when you move to college. Uh, because if you lose the original water lilies, then it's like they got to have another one redrawn and whatever. So they just give you a copy of it. So here's something different on the newscast. Chris
3: Matthews actually shows him proof. He shows Gordon proof that he is wrong.
6: Of the actual original birth, here they are. The birth said, What do you think? That was fabricated? I can't really see it, but. I would, like to, uh, I would like to see it. Okay, My we'll bones are mostly dust. We, get, we could bring it. in copies of the original. We have copies of the original photographed. Uh, but we've gone to a real effort here, Gordon, to establish that he was born in Hawaii. And I just think, Stephen, I want to bring in, Stephen, because it seems to me the challenge Gordon has, because you've said he was born in the Kenyan slums, uh, that means he's an illegal alien. That means he's not only illegally president, he's illegally in the United States and he ought to be picked up. Unless he's, been, uh, he's never been naturalized There's no he's never claimed to have gone through a process so, by your account he's, he's illegally in the country and his mother's involved in this and everybody's ever dealt with him his wife, do you think she knows, Michelle, that he was not born here? well, I can't look into Michelle no, but, but all these people say he was was, it, was she part of the cover-up, or was she lied to by him? I have no idea. How but would you claim he was born in the Kenyan slums? You say that as a fact. No, no, hospital in Mombasa. I didn't say Kenyan slum.
1: How old is Gordon Liddy at this point? I mean, uh, Gordon Liddy was old when he uh, got that radio show that was on. I don't mm-hmm. know, way back in the midnight. He was 67, I think, when that radio show launched, and that was in 1984, So he would be seven. So he's 82 at this point. Does he look... I mean, it, it, is he on well, camera for much of that?
3: Yeah, for the whole thing. Does he his look his like he's just a thousand
1: years old? Yes. Have those but b- he
3: has that HD makeup <laughs> button that makes everyone look like they're <laughs> apple light anyway.
1: I don't have any pores. Well, you know, I'm going to have to totally upgrade uh, and and uh, update my G. Gordon Liddy impression now because it doesn't work. No. Because my G. Gordon Liddy impression is just based on him being young and, well, youngish and vital. And now he just sort of has that, I can't have any sugar sort of sound. All right. keep The salt away. Straight ahead, we'll talk to Aaron Duran about the Week in Geek, all things of a nerdtastic nature and what might be happening in your fair city this weekend. Stay there. We're live from downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
4: KUFO Portland.
1: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification.
3: Uh, Clark County, foot fetish goes too far with licking and rubbing. Yeah. Volunteers are working to make Troutdale more attractive. And a 70-year-old pilot recovering after crashing into Washougal. Uh
1: And it, later on in this hour, so we have a whole bunch of stuff still to come in the next, what is it? we got another hour and 55 minutes here, so lots to get to. We'll work our way backward. Mm. Coming up at 8.20, we're going to talk to Steve Cronin, who is the goaltender uh, for the Portland Timbers. He will gold be in for- the studio. Uh, uh, what did I say? <laughs> goaltender. What's
2: the difference? <laughs> was, I don't know.
1: What is the th- difference? Is there?
2: He tends to the goal.
1: Is <laughs> there a difference? Am I, is there a, I thought it was goaltender. No, that's in Quidditch. I'm sorry. i can going not oh make that God. mistake you later on. Used it with a Quidditch? Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Have, I don't think they sorry tribbage. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Sorry. Corrected by a girl. Uh, so that's uh, at 8.20. We'll talk to uh, Gold Keeper uh, from the Portland Timbers, Steve Cronin. At 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ will join us in mere moments. We'll talk to Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. He'll talk about all things uh, geektastic going on this weekend, up to and including a little bit of uh, Comic-Con, which is taking place right now as we speak uh speaking of uh, comics geeks etc tim riley and greg nibbler have th- there's one of the greatest video presentations you've ever seen in your life along with our good friend bridget from upstairs who helped to assemble all of this real quickly and we'll tell the entire story later on in the hour you guys went to the rose garden yesterday because yes, we did. there was this press conference to announce this Star Wars concert spectacular that's coming up. We're going to do all the music from the Star Wars films. And so that's sort of interesting, you know, the fact that that's going to be taking place. What's way more interesting is the actual video showing you guys... What uh, really happens once we get there... <laughs> <laughs> because all you ever see on television is like the five seconds of the press conference. You, it's edited to perfection. You, Yeah, you don't, you don't see the big lead up to getting uh, to the press conference, which is glorious. So I'm about to post a uh, direct link to that at RickEmerson.com. So check back there in about the five minutes. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from GeekInTheCity.com, uh, Aaron Duran. Good morning, Hello. sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Now, this would be a perfect morning for you to
9: use your greetings programs... That's right, because Tron Two is screening this weekend at Comic Con. So, not screened, the trailer is. Oh, and by the way, there's no seekers or uh, bashers in in
1: soccer either.
2: Yeah, there, aren't, there aren't Timbers seekers. And there
1: isn't a. Uh, there's no bludger. No. Um, well, that's a guard. There kind of is bludgers. Wait a minute. So now somebody told me that I'm actually conflating three different things. That there's <laughs> a. That there is a. Um, uh, wait, hold on a second. There, there is a, there is a goalkeeper in. Uh, if you play for the Portland Timbers, if you are a soccer player, there is a goalkeeper. If you're in Quidditch, there is simply a keeper, not a goalkeeper. Yeah. And goaltending is a foul in basketball. Wow, it's almost hard to believe they don't give me sports news to talk about. <laughs> all right. It's
2: alright, I, I give you many good
1: questions. <laughs> um, but on the subject of Tron, so uh, they're going to be screening footage from the upcoming Tron sequel, Tron Legacy, which is due out next year yeah. at Comic-Con, and I also saw that there was concept art presented for the brand new reimagined light cycles, am yeah. I right? Yes, and they look awesome.
9: Uh, Disney's kind of following the old Dark Knight viral stuff by showing all the uh, all these hints that Flynn lives. So yesterday, uh, right about when Comic-Con started, they had a bunch of people go to the secret location to celebrate the cult of Flynn. So all these nerds showed up and received a bunch of Tron swag and more clues to prove that Flynn was not killed and absorbed by Master Control 20 years ago. Wow,
1: it's awesome! <laughs> and they also screened footage. *Sarah Tron* was a movie that uh, that lame guys were into. Uh, Twenty God, how long ago did *Tron* come out? You're, it's pushing thirty years. Uh, it, *Tron* is sort of a cult classic about a guy who gets absorbed into a video game. There would game. be no Pixar okay, without I've *Tron*. Heard of it? But yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it really was one the of concept. It, it's, I'm not going to say Tron is a bad film. It's not, but it—it it, it certainly yeah. is a rough draft. I will put it this way: yeah. relatively speaking, Tron is a rough draft of a concept, both visually and thematically, that would be refined over later years. It, but it had some, Especially when you consider it came out like in 1983, it did kind of blow everybody away visually. It had some. It had some computer graphics, which at the time seemed very. It uh, were very impressive, and of course, Tron was one of the very first, if not the first, crossover video game movie. I mean, it was a hybrid yeah. because yeah. the Tron video game, which. Was was exceptional um you it's know that was awesome. that was one of the games that showed hollywood that hey even if the movie property doesn't do so well you can make money on a video game of it uh you know just <laughs> just like you can make money on the soundtrack of a movie that maybe yeah. underperforms
9: um i can hum the entire thing I'm... are you doing tron sound
1: effects yeah the light cycles so I can hear them in my head, but I don't think I can really replicate them. All I can do is yes, yes, yes. Here's what I can do.
9: No, no, no. No, I can do this.
1: I can do this sound effect from the Tron game. I should do this when the Timbers guy is here. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll think I'm. Are you have to do the
9: D-resolution?
2: Greg and Tim and I are all just looking away right now.
1: You're, you're, you're doing the light cycle sound. I could do this from the Tron game. It's that. Am I doing it right? It's where the tanks. It's where the tanks are in the maze. Well,
9: here, you shoot. I'll be the tread.
1: I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, can't, I, I, I failed. No. Great, all right. Sock. sock. Blue, I need you, sock. Pressure. Blue screen of death. Right there is what that was.
9: <laughs> no well, one it's... user made me. I'm worth millions of their man hours. Let's move on. Okay.
1: Hey, when is the Futurama panel happening at Comic Con? I believe it is happening this afternoon. That's going to be awkward because they've already said that they're going to be replacing everybody when they bring that cartoon back. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of
9: had this online discussion that perhaps this is a ploy by Fox to just get people interested.
1: But that also seems like a really stupid ploy to do. Like, Fox doesn't do ploys, though. I, I think that I don't think they're that bright. I nah. think that they just <laughs> all they know is just the they just know firing. That's it. Yeah. Like, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they leak their own footage of Wolverine and then fire their critic for reviewing it. And they, t- I think they did try to replace the cast of The Simpsons at one point. And the Futurama cast, I, I hate to say this, they just don't have the leverage. The Simpsons, folks. No, uh, huh? there's no way. Well, they're also not bringing back about eighty percent of the writers for Futurama. Yeah. Just, so, which means the show is going to be awesome. Just a mistake, <laughs> mistake. Yeah. What else uh, is happening at Comic Con this year that's sort of a big, a big deal? This
9: is kind of a, as Comic Con goes over the last few years, this is kind of a smaller Comic Con because there's not a lot of big films coming out. Well,
2: because last year there was the big hype with like the Dark Knight. In the
9: well, last year the the Owl Ship was there. Oh my god. Which was really cool. So, I mean, this one's kind of being claimed by Iron Man two again. Uh, so there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff of like Tony Stark. They have all the life size Iron Man suits there. You know, including stuff from the the new suits that nobody's really seen yet. And is is Cameron screaming? Uh, is screaming is James Cameron screening f- uh, footage from Avatar? I believe he is going to show some Avatar stuff. I mean, one of the big news of yesterday was Cam was the the company doing the toy tie-in for Avatar. They had their big toy reveal, and that just had people going nuts because it's. And I think mainly it's because it's the first of physical anything from Cameron. Since Titanic.
1: Well, that's it. See, he's got a man. He's it, it, I he needs some stones. To, he needs to 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 do something, and he needs for it to uh, to work. Because I mean, I love James Cameron, and it's not like he, you know, not like he needs to prove anything to anybody at this point. I mean, you know, the, I mean, the, you know, the guy did Aliens, and then he did The Abyss, and he did T two, and he did Titanic, and yeah. he's refined all kinds of technologies. But he hasn't directed a movie since 1997. I mean, it's over a decade. Not since kind he actually, of like
9: documentaries and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he did Ghosts of the Abyss, but I mean, he hasn't really done an actual full on scripted movie in over a decade so that's a thing where he needs to get back at it he's going to start to look like lucas yeah
9: although the footage that critics have seen of avatar say that it is just the most beautiful footage they have ever seen in their lives awesome uh what's going on in the city of portland what's going on in the city of portland this weekend we've kind of if you go to geek right now we kind of put together the anti-comic-con bingo game showing all the different event geek events happening in portland I, i never get to do this Awesome. So you can you can print up uh, all the events going on. The biggest thing going on is this Saturday at the Baghdad Theater at two p.m. is the one and only screening of the Archives of the Fantastic. Tick, tick.
1: Fail. Please to explain
9: Archives that? of the Fantastic. It is a. Um, uh, it's a small independent film shot by the Alter Ego Society, which is the group that dresses up as superheroes and villains and does pop crawls and charity events all over town. This is It's $3 at the Baghdad this Saturday at 2 p.m., and the benefits all go to Pair. which is a uh, charity that helps homeless youth kind of get off the street and, you know, find some, find some skills and get them back, you know, within society. So it's a really great cause. I've seen clips of the film. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a superhero movie made on a very low budget with a lot of DIY technology. But still, with explosions and lasers. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool.
1: Excellent. What else is happening at geekinthecity.com? Uh,
9: later on this afternoon, uh, issue twenty-six goes up of geekinthecity.com, where Scott and I complain that we weren't able to make it to Comic Con, and we do some game reviews and a huge uh, toy break for all the toys that are happening at Comic Con. Because you guys have got Dan Clark, who does a lot of your uh, your toy. Yeah, discussion. and a lot of and a lot of toy companies are now
1: using Comic Con as their big release tape. And I know that a lot of people who have typically gone to Comic-Con in the past didn't go uh, this year, so I think people are really looking for any place that has sort of a, an outlet for that. Do, oh, yeah, so.
9: definitely. Check out geekinthecity.com. There's all kinds of events going on. There's still Trek in the Park, which is this weekend. Uh, there's the PDX Independent Game Show, which is happening at Guardian Games this weekend. So
1: it's a, it's a geek-tastic weekend in Portland. Excellent. Comic-Con 2009, you can uh, see coverage of that and lots more at Geek in the City dot com ladies and gentlemen All right, we come back we'll uh, have news from Tim Riley and we'll uh, talk about this uh, quest to see the Star Wars press conference at the Rose Garden yesterday you stay there the Rick Emerson shows live from beautiful downtown Portland stay there more of the Rick Emerson show in mere moments only on Rock
4: 101 KUFO
0: now broadcasting everywhere I'm a feminist but look at my boobs the Rick Emerson show returns this is Rock 101 KUFO
1: from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You're evil. I'm not the one who made the Botox reference just now, you, by the if way. That if was... you wouldn't
2: have showed it, then Tim wouldn't have had Somebody to Somebody else
1: here in the studio.
2: Hey, you know what? You're no one to talk. Uh, P.S. Just to let you know, Greg heard back from um, the casting person from Leverage. And was it didn't... good news? Oh, yeah. If By good, you mean uh, you dreams? totally screwed him out of a job.
1: I didn't. No, it was a passive screwing. It was not a uh, it's not like I actively endeavored to crush Greg's dreams. I've learned that I don't even really have to try. I can actually crush dreams without even. Do you I you want to
2: tell the people what you did. No. But you did. He had an opportunity to not, not a, only just be an extra, but he was actually going not to. especially. He was going to be the person to have his finger broken and actually have his own scene.
1: So instead of having a finger broken and leverage, he's now just had his uh, had his hopes broken. Yes, a by Rick model. Emerson here in reality. Yes, he was going to be he, he was going to be a hand model. Why don't you please to be telling people what you did? to I, him? But see, I didn't do anything. It's not your. It, he it's was a, being very it's a respectful miscasting to you. He's the sitting situation. there.
2: He he didn't know if you would approve of it or not. He's sitting there waiting for you to email him back. You email him. Waiting for Rick Emerson to, his, to call a dude, call
1: that would never. Come. All right. Instead so of the,
2: emailing him, you email to his work account.
1: Uh, I email, I just hear reply and whatever the, 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 to whatever address he sent it to, or to whatever address he sent it he's from. He's here
2: later than all of us, working hard to make the show better.
1: What is today? Today is Friday, so yes. this would have been when? Wednesday. This is
2: Wednesday because
1: it was the day we went to the Willamette. Because he's been party waiting, it was,
2: it was still maybe a possibility, but now it's not.
1: But now it's not. Okay. So I know how he feels more back, than anyone here. We'll back up for a second. So that Timothy Hutton TV series films here, that show uh, "Leverage," which, a I good show. Is, which I guess is it's quite good. And Tim, you said that it uh, you've actually seen actors you know on that show and yes. we know people who've worked on it i uh our friend zigfried i think has done some work on it so it doesn't it does appear to be employing a great number of portland actors not among those actors greg nibbler production assistant oh, no, um,
3: wait,
2: no no he's not an employed actor by them he was going to be that's what i'm saying but you not, squashed.
1: not i mean but, but it's not but, now we'll have to wait another 20 years for The the, re- <laughs> the reason is so the leverage people we should just get Greg Greg in come here. into the studio yeah. because i don't want to because i can already tell there's going to be one of those things where i tell the story and then i'm going to be accused of of mis, uh, misrepresenting it somehow, framing the story in a way that is that is deceptive
2: no and I, I and i don't think that you were
1: it's not like being i went malicious. out of my way to shaft him out of the you weren't
2: being malicious but you, were being, the, you weren't being helpful yeah.
1: i i was i was endeavoring to be helpful so on wednesday afternoon what is the deal, Greg? They The Leverage casting people called you yes, because
5: they, they wanted you to do something in this next episode of the episode they're filming now. Yes, they wanted me, which is actually filming currently right as we're sitting right like here. at this actual moment at in this time? this actual moment in time, I could be sitting on the cast of a national television show, exactly. enjoying so craft much. services. Exactly. Um,
2: Sharing a scene with Timothy Hutton.
5: Yes, possibly. Oh, that really Oscar winner, hot guy
2: with the long hair. Timothy <laughs> Hutton.
5: Um, but, yes, yeah, so they wanted me to be in a scene where they were going to pretend to break my finger, which you know, a lot of these extra roles, you never know if you're going to get screen time or not, but if they're going to break my finger—that's pretty much guaranteed. If they're going to take a time to set up the gag where they snap off one of your digits, yes. And this that, has that,
2: been a long-time dream of yours, right, Craig?
1: Uh, well, yes. You know, it, it finger is finger
5: broken next to <laughs> Timothy Hutton.
2: <laughs> you know what? He's just not some well, faceless guy in a crowd. Like he—he he was going to get that.
1: You weren't going to be third
5: man from left. No, it would have been finger-breaking guy. But the—but the issue is
1: that they were going to be filming it, or I guess they are filming it, uh, it, it right now. Yes. Like literally another man. <laughs> seven yes. at seven thirty in the morning here on Friday. And so Greg, though, being a team player, didn't want to leave us in the lurch. So Greg sends me this email, uh, and he said, Hey, by the way, of the leverage folks, uh, you know, they want me to come and they, you know, they, they want me to, to, to shoot an episode of the show and they're going to break my finger. And that's pretty cool. But I don't want to leave you guys without anybody to do, you know, all the stuff that Greg, because Greg does a, a whole lot that people don't realize every day, everything with the podcast, uh, you yeah, know, helping with guests. Uh, him. I mean, yeah, he really is the glue that holds us together most days. And Greg says, you know, I don't want to leave you guys in the lurch. So, Let me know if it's okay to to shoot this, otherwise I'll just pass on it. And I don't know when uh, you sent the email, but I got the email at some point, and then I responded back, and then for whatever, for reasons unknown to me, the email just sort of sat there in the outbox, and it never actually sent. I think I might have done that thing where I hit reply, send, And then, like an idiot, just closed my laptop, because I use a MacBook, and I might have been like, that's great, have at it, send, close, which means that it just sat there and not actually having gone out or being delivered. What I should have actually done, I'll cop to this. I should have just called you. I should have just picked, but I just hate talking on the phone so much all the time. I mean, I just, it would just, right, I have to
5: talk on the phone about all the time. An ongoing, but see, but that's not because I want to. Well, There's no, I don't there's want also a, a thing called texting. I, well, new... that
2: was mean. We talked <laughs> on the phone all the time.
5: Not because I want to. Well,
2: but you know that. that I mean, look, I, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. Screw that. that I, <laughs> never mind. You're a jerk. It's
1: not that I refuse to talk on the phone. It's just, you know, here's what I don't do I don't just have like long phone conversations well, we don't talk just for. We about feelings. We talk in, about show stuff. For enjoyment, you know, because, I, you know, you know, people that spend, you know, 40 minutes on the phone just talking about whatever, just having a casual conversation. That's not a thing I do. So I try to limit my phone interaction uh, to whatever extent possible. Now, Greg is pointing out, I guess, if we're going to be technical about it, I guess I could have sent you a text message. Um, but I sent the email and just figured it had gone out. And so we go to the Willamette party on Wednesday night, and Greg's there. And I said, hey, so that uh, Leverage thing, yeah, we got the, we got Friday. And I we'd already talked to somebody about coming in today and working on the show. And I'm like, so you, you're going to go film that Leverage deal where they break your finger? That's pretty cool. And Greg just goes, no, I had to cancel. You know, I never heard from you. <laughs> and I said, no, I, I sent an email. And Greg's like, yeah, I never got it. I had to cancel. All right, now I'm going to get a beer. Bye. And I, I just <laughs> sort of sat there in the sun feeling, you know, it's like Charlie Brown, just sort of a not, 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 and so I found Sarah, and I'm like, oh, the worst thing happened. Greg didn't get the email. So then, when Greg starts calling the casting director back on Wednesday, probably six, seven, eight, nine times in a row, uh, trying to see if he could rate. And what did they just not answer? Just so, went to voicemail? Or no, yeah, they were they were gone.
5: Well, I, I had already turned it down. So they, they, they were, said they were out with their new we hire. Had to Go get somebody else. They were out um, picking up the, the bright, shining young star that's so you filming who, that today. I
2: know who's going to start their career. Do you know who this it is? is? The thing.
5: This is the anecdote. I know who got the role after me, and actually, you guys saw him too because he was there with us at uh, the Willamette Week Best of. You know my friend Tripp? the
2: guy with the ugly shiny shirt. Yes, I mean shiny shirt. The yes. guy that looked the, like
5: the ugly shiny shirt, the yes. Tijuana brothel guy.
2: <laughs> Wait, he yes. was there with you, and he got your part. He got my part. How the hell did that happen? Wow. A
5: complete coincidence. Like they, he was apparently the next one on the list. We had no idea about this, but I got a text from him yesterday. It just says, "Guess what I'm doing tomorrow?" I'm like, "What?" I'm getting my finger broken on leverage. Oh, oh my god, that is no friend of yeah. yours. and the Seriously. thing is and the thing is this guy is also is he the he same one. Of me? No, no, he's a friend. I mean, it's it's not he didn't actively seek this role. I'm still How did how did they even know to call him? Is he active before? You, uh, yeah, yeah, he has before. So he was just—he happened to be of all the people in Portland, the next person on the list after me. And the thing is, and he, he didn't also got—he
2: didn't concede. He was, it wasn't like you know, I know that this was really no, no, no. My role. friend Greg
5: should well, really what get can this. Do I mean you know? Yeah, you really can. Yeah, I mean if, really if they can. call you, you take it. I mean, but uh, the thing okay. is, he also got my role in Twilight because when Twilight was filming here, oh. they called me for a role, and I happened to be in California, so I couldn't do it. You know, it was my—it was my own. I was down there, um. and sure enough, bam. He got that role too.
2: What role did he play?
5: Uh, it was just like a minor like extra a role. It's in one of the restaurant something? scenes. Yeah, it's prominent. He's in there. It's actually kind of an awkward scene. So it's he's sort of, 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 of like it, the Tyler Durden to your jacket. It's like everywhere you yeah. go, he's been there five minutes earlier.
1: I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, i uh, sorry, but you were yeah. a lot
2: better looking.
5: <laughs> why thank you
1: yeah he had but a he has he a strange was, way of putting himself together i that was,
2: that was a big old mess that was what was going on he there. doesn't
1: he doesn't uh he doesn't seem all that photogenic but what do i know
2: that's well, it's only his,
5: maybe it's only his finger they can do him well Rick, you know that, how, that is fair
2: you know how you're gonna have to do this right i uh, you're gonna have to make right you're gonna have to make this right you're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, have to break your finger
5: a greg i'm sorry i'm <laughs> yes, gonna have greg
2: to snap off one of your fingers get right. yes leverage
1: well, I, I'm not people who know. Well, how, let people me who you know this. people.
5: How did they get a hold of you? How did the leverage people come to know that you exist? They have, uh, they have, you know, my profile, my my headshot, and all that stuff. I all think right, some groveling yeah. might have you been on that show before. No, I have been asked to be on it before, but the role was not quite this good. A lot of the times, you know, the extra roles, you never know if you're going to get scene time. This one, you're guaranteed scene because time they're taking this. the time to break. They're your taking finger. the time to break my finger, which mm-hmm. is going to involve screaming, which is going to involve, you know, if that's
2: a reaction shot. Yeah,
5: yeah. There, oh, there's going be that. That's definite screen time. We should all skip that episode of uh, Leverage when it airs later this year. We should all make a note to not watch that. (laughs) Boycott it, please.
1: Uh, Well, I'm sorry. I feel like a big douche. Yes, well...
2: Well, we'll make it right. We'll
1: All figure right. out a way. Next time, I'll just call you. <laughs> that is, is that. It, it, is there lovely a, for everybody. What to, now, what if I were to, what if we were to sort of, uh, what if we were to film a small vignette of some kind demonstrating your obvious acting ability, the substantial chops you possess? And then
2: perhaps Rick can hand-deliver it to the set of Love. And, right? then
1: I, and then I can go and just stand there and grovel until the casting director comes by. <laughs>
5: I'm sorry, Greg Dibbler's supposed to be here, but I screwed him out of the part. <laughs> Please take this. I, I don't know if that would work or not. Well, Timmy, right, we you could. have some, you have experience with the Hollywood machine. Is there anything I can do you, to... You've destroyed him, basically. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm probably blacklisted because I also spent two hours <laughs> waiting for the call back, and I didn't call back until
3: then. No, seriously, there's always something around the corner. When you, you know, when you don't think that anything's going to happen, you, you do get that email. Mostly it's, it's done by see, email. Now,
1: yeah. See, when you just said I destroyed his career, that was bad. Now that you're giving him the consoling speech, that's so obviously <laughs> false, I feel even worse. No, it's I so actually, transparent.
3: Actually, I, I'm I'm speaking the truth.
1: Is there anything because I can I know, no? Is there anything I can do to grease the wheels? No. Is there, there's no graft. Oh, Rick. No. There's no. You're the one who told me to, to make it right. Mm. What did you mean I by that? I didn't realize
2: that you had destroyed it.
1: Is there a casting couch that I, Rick Emerson, can be on <laughs> for Greg? No. You cannot.
3: And help.
2: that film is like a huge thing, and it's filming. They're filming all around Portland. They are the
3: always looking for you. You may be able to convince someone that that certain look that they want is that of Greg Nibbler. All right. That, that's what it comes down you've to. you've already they're made him look unreliable. For a certain look, a certain face, a certain nose, a certain finger. Okay. And wow. the finger would have been the
1: key. Rick Emerson regrets the error. But there's always something around the corner, Greg. How
2: does it feel, oh. Dream Crusher? It wasn't enough at America's Next Top Model?
1: That's the thing. I blame America's Next Top Model. You know, once I got a taste of killing people's hopes and desires, I couldn't stop. All right. Straight ahead, we'll talk about Tim and Greg and their excursion to the Rose Garden. You stay there.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO everywhere at all times to everyone.
4: As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the
1: music threw a biscuit and the rock star.
0: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
1: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I'd like to thank whoever sent this text message. It just says, presumably this is directed at you all. Because I tried to tell you guys that Rick is a bitch. Rick, you're <laughs> lame. And then th- this one says, Hey, could you ruin my life too? Maybe just destroy my livelihood or something. How about give me cancer? Maybe steal my wife. You know, whatever. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, uh, here's the, the good news is the leverage people obviously like what they see in Young Greg Nibbler, and uh, they'll, be well, like some, they'll be in touch at some. They'll be in touch at some future point if they haven't decided that like you're totally unreliable. Look guy who
2: replaced him's space, because <laughs> well, Greg is here,
1: I suppose that's true. While uh, well, you are here, but you know, but you're here sharing uh, the pleasure of our company, Greg. Really, what well could? Uh, what could a major television show offer you that uh, that we can't give you? Well, in any event, here's the thing about uh, about I that. I g- feel icky about this. Well, just but I. It, my final thought is it, the guy that you were with at the Willamette party, who I guess is the guy who who took took the role in Twilight, and uh, now is filming the Leverage thing. It just it looks it does look like he uh it, like he ought to be running a pawn shop somewhere. <laughs> like maybe in a seedy part of Gresham. I mean it's just you know, which is maybe the look they're going for. I, I
5: can't say.
2: But but that isn't what Greg looks like though, which is weird because I see he has that look, but Greg doesn't have that same look.
5: That's true. Greg sleezes up pretty easily though, I would imagine. <laughs> I, I could sleaze my a mustache would, would work for yeah.
1: that. But um all right. Well let's so before we do anything else, let's talk about so this is a bit of a convoluted story, but we'll just say that you and Tim ended up going to the Rose Garden yesterday because there is a Star Wars sort of themed... It's a concert coming up, which is going to be the music of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the Rose Garden. So there was a big press conference to announce this. So the idea was that it would, be like an, it would be like one of those road movies that Jerry Lewis used to make or whatever that Bing Crosby made, where you guys would go to the Rose Garden, you would film the press conference, and you would have you know some sort of uh, sounds and thoughts you would share with the people.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: What is the reality of how that played out? Tim?
3: Well, when we got there, there was no sign directing us where to go. No. And we had a hard time entering the building. We tried several doors. We asked several people, we went to windows that were boarded up, and finally a janitor let us in, but we kept walking and couldn't find anything and so th- until eventually we came to the very end, the very end, and finally we found it.
1: And so there's this video that is posted at KUFO.com, and uh, the easiest way to get there is probably to go to RickEmerson.com. It's the first link. Uh, you just click it and go about halfway down the page, and you'll see it's the first video uh, that you're going to see halfway down the site, and it's about... I don't know, it's about seven and a half minutes of glory. It really is, it's quite something. And I just kept waiting for you guys to say, like, hello Cleveland or something, because it was like this great Spinal Tap-esque meets Ishtar thing of you guys just wandering around the Rose Garden going to one locked door after another. Yes. Like doing the Pulling open the drapes to nothing. (laughs) Cupping your hands and like looking in the window going, we're here for the press conference. Hello? For the love of God, somebody let us in. Who is the guy that finally let you into the Rose Garden? The janitor. So that, that was the janitor. You always wanted to find a janitor. Awesome. And then you hey, got... he asked no questions of us whatsoever. <laughs>
3: yeah, you yeah, really he didn't. just let us ba- go backstage if you want.
5: <laughs> <laughs> just keep going,
3: and we um, kept going, and we walked for miles. And so I thought we walked all the way to
1: Gresham before we got there. <laughs> and the press conference it, at one point, I know you guys are interviewing somebody. There's like a guy in a Chewbacca getup, and there's like yeah. some stormtrooper dudes. You guys are uh, interviewing them because of this sort of Star Wars spectacular that's coming up. And the 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 part that I watched is the stormtrooper guy who is completely unaware of the fact that he is almost entirely inaudible behind his mask. Yeah. And Tim says something. Like, Tell me about this event that's going to be happening this fall.
3: <laughs>
1: Tim nodding sagely. That's wonderful. That's fantastic, sir. What
3: we didn't get, and and possibly it's footage that was taken away somewhere, (laughs) were the reactions of the TV people toward us.
1: Were you much loved?
3: Not, Not so masked. Hatred. Did they, <laughs> they didn't embrace you with open arms. Like, hey, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
5: the, this Dane was just yeah oozing out of them. Oh, look, some radio people. I saw a snobby
2: uh, TV person at the Brewfest yesterday, too. It just looked oh, like th- I was dirty. Yeah. Well, stop well,
5: it. Well, it. it's
1: hard to believe that everybody doesn't uh, take it, us to it, their it bosom. It was
3: fun. We did accomplish what we set out to accomplish. But a lot of people don't know that it isn't as easy as they think and this video displays how difficult it is so when you to see the simplest
1: thing like on television the 15 seconds edited down where there is just the just the you know the just the sort of you know the money shot of the press conference of the star wars guy coming out and going this fall like that you, you don't, don't get to see the yeah, pursuit yeah. right <laughs> which makes it so exciting the 9 minutes of trying to find a door that's not padlocked while you're standing in the noonday sun going hello Somebody told us to be here for a press conference. <laughs> ah, crap! So go to RickEmerson.com. Click on the link. Uh, you scroll about halfway down, you'll see it. It's uh, it's about seven or eight minutes. Totally safe for work and and very very amusing. And our thanks to Bridget from upstairs yes. who helped yeah. to put that together and,
3: and cameraman Greg Nibbler. Yeah,
1: it was. Oh yeah, and Greg and Greg shot the footage too while Tim was sort of gamely going from opening to opening, trying to find his way into the building. I love the idea that it was a janitor, by the way, and he asked for no ID at any at any point. Nothing. He's like, "Come
3: backstage, follow
1: me," and you can clearly see that he is leading me backstage. He has no idea who we are. Come on in. So uh, go to RickEmerson.com, click on the link, you can see that there. We come back, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ uh, about the Michael Jackson case, which the LAPD is saying now is, quote, almost certainly a homicide. Uh, At 820, Steve Cronin from the Portland Timbers will join us as well. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
1: From beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. In mere moments, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. Oh, I'm sorry. Greg mouthing the words. No, we won't. I'm sorry. What I meant to say is, next week we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. Okay, so uh, he's just typing on the screen. uh, No, Dax. All right. Uh, So I think. Well, he because he's. I think he's taping the TV show at the moment. That is the. (laughs) <laughs> it's because he found out that I screwed Greg Dax, out of his Dax leverage role. T-
2: Dax is taping a TV show, and he's not.
1: I'm sorry. So it's like a hunger strike. Yeah, I'm just not going to get any. Uh, I'll be getting no gossip news until I make things right. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 20 after Coming up at 820, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to Steve Cronin, who is the, by the way, you sons of bitches. You bastards! Okay, here everybody was giving me a bunch of crap for calling him uh, the goaltender, and by people I mean Sarah. It says here on the prep sheet as created by uh, Greg. I hate to do this, especially uh, after I robbed you of your ability to yeah, act.
2: You cannot talk down to Greg.
1: I, I mean to thwart your art. It does say on the prep sheet. To be fair. Starting goaltender for the Portland Timbers. Do you
2: remember um, when we didn't have prep sheets? Yeah, that's because Greg decided to bless. i not disputing that. Start waking up super early and making prep sheets. I'm for just,
1: us. I'm just making the point that uh, I don't know a lot about the, uh, the sport, and so. I'm work just, group uh, blames his just, tools. I'm just reading this right off the page. Is my point. All right, Tim Riley, what – uh well, let's just do this. If we're not going to have – okay, so we're not going to have Dax at all, so let's do this. We'll pay a visit to the news desk with Tim Riley in, like, five seconds. We'll have Steve Cronin for the Portland Timbers coming up. And I'm so excited flesh nervous. It's – I, I – I mean,
2: he's huge. This is huge, and he's an amazing goalie, and it's – I'm kind of freaked out.
1: Well, and you know my thing that um, that something sort of crosses my radar when it becomes big enough to be part of popular culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, anytime that I have any degree of sports knowledge, it's when it's become, you know, sort of a, a big deal. And that's actually going to be the first thing I ask him is that, because that, that's the perspective from which I come at it. Because you're a fan and I'm somebody who has seen the way that it's kind of grown and impacted, mm-hmm. not just in Portland, but sort of everywhere. Because, you know I mean, you know, everybody, it's an old saw by now to talk about how it's the most popular sport in the world. What's the problem with America? Why doesn't America get behind soccer? But it does seem to be having kind of an exponential, you know, growth and popularity. So that's going to be the first thing I ask him, is just from his player's perspective, you know, what what's the reason for that?
2: I want to ask him about the Timbers Army. Like, I really I really, really want to get... Um, a soccer player's perspective on what they think of like the chaos and like the you know that big football club. I want to see.
1: Are you going to find a way to uh, ask if there's a uh, Mrs. Cronin?
2: He's kind of dreamy. Is he
1: an attractive man? He do do you have a photo of man. him? Do you have I a do. picture of him up? Let let's me uh, let me see. Hold okay. on. All right. So this is going to be a, uh, this is going to be a uh, uh, goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers. Oh, no, uh, it's Steve on the sheet that Cronin. I
2: printed out for you.
1: Where's the? Uh, is it over here? Yeah. On. Let me on,
2: uh, on his info sheet. Uh,
1: let's see here. I don't think I have that. I think, you're, I think you're going through that over there somewhere.
2: Okay. Right. Well, yeah, regardless, yeah, I'll show you during the break. I'll piece. try not
1: to be distracted by his beauty. He All right. He's a good looking fella. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Ah. Ding.
3: Ah. In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center, downtown Portland. It is now 8.04. Expect temperatures to reach 95 today, and that's cool, because it's going to be 100, if not more, by the weekend. Possibly even more than that Monday. A Clackamas County foot fetish goes too far. There have been numerous reports of a man approaching ladies at the Clackamas Target asking them to try on shoes.
1: God, imagine of all the women in all the cities in all the world where you could go up and be licking their feet or something. that You're going right to Clackamas. I mean, that's like being one of those guys that pays to have somebody come up and punch him in the junk. Mm-hmm. Well, one woman says she was approached in a secluded part of Target
3: and asked to try on this lovely pair of high heels. The man told the woman he was shopping for his wife and wanted to see if those shoes were comfortable. Uh the victim instantly complied. The man then rubbed his face against her thigh.
1: Wait a minute, the victim instantly complied. Yeah. Which words there don't go together, do you think? <laughs> well, she's trying to be cooperative. Wait, did he did, but did he pass himself off as an employee? He doesn't say. He was just some shop... Oh, and it was a whole... The, you know, he was doing that guy thing where every... G- I need some help shopping with the missus. I'm a brainless man. And you know what? And <laughs> and it's that every... I will guarantee you this. Every woman has probably a drawer full of stuff doesn't fit her because the guy always tells the woman behind the counter, she's about your size, uh, regardless of whether or not it's the case, because guys can never tell, actually. You know, guys have no sense of, of spatial relation in terms of sizes. All right. So
3: uh- the woman tries on the shoes. The man then rubs his face up against your thigh. <laughs> then he tries to kiss and lick her leg. At oh, what point uh, did
1: she pull the ripcord on this and say... Then she screams. That's not where I put my he shoes. He screams. Uh, he runs
3: away. Jesus. The foot fetisher is a white man in his early 40s. Brown hair and a thin build.
1: That's They're not a- trying on shoes with strangers. And how much do you want to bet that that description fits every single foot fetisher we could possibly find? I mean, he's going to be a slightly built, uh, if not scrawny white guy with thinning mouse-like hair. She's <laughs> going to be sort of a, an uninteresting brown shade. All right, here's mm-hmm. Tim Riley. So the governor is uh, trying to put a stop
3: to people thieving metal and bringing it to scrap yards and collecting money. So let's see if this works. Governor Kulingowski has signed a bill that requires scrap metal dealers to pay for their material with a check mailed to the seller's home instead of cash on the spot. So we'll see if that works. Does that
1: make sense? And there was a long
3: pause that fell over. How you
1: think about it? I was just, well, I was wondering if there was, was going to be uh, more to the story, because what I would imagine is that the scrap metal dealers themselves are going to bitch about that. Mm-hmm. Because the, what they're going to say is that it's, I mean, I don't even know. Well, it's a law. How much does it cost to mail something at this point? Like, if you're going to mail a letter, cents. is it 44 cents? 44. We, yeah. had, the, we huh. had this uh, story we were going through from Wired Magazine earlier, and it was the hundred things that your kids will never deal with. You know, your kids, you know, will know a world without. And the first one they said was VHS tapes. And then we had uh, actual physical encyclopedia sets. And I made the observation that kids today won't even know Encarta because Encarta was that weird. Somebody asked me what that was. Somebody who I think was like 20 or 21 sent me an email. It was like, what's Encarta? Encarta was this. Uh, it was an entire encyclopedia on CD-ROM, which at the time seemed like this miraculous space age technology. Hey, speaking of space age technology, and then I will bring it back to the scrapyard thing for a second. Speaking of things that are space age. Can we please, please, for the love of sweet God Almighty, quit calling Dippin' Dots the ice cream of the future. They've been around for 20 years. They're not the ice cream. The future is here. We're in the future now. You know, you created that ice cream 15 years ago and started schlepping it at every mall. They're no longer the ice cream of the future. I don't even know what you're talking about. about Yes, you do, because you've seen them at every single mall. Whether or not you actually have stopped to look at them, you've walked by these kiosks a billion times. And it's that... They're like ice cream pellets that are in a cup, and they're freeze dried in such a way that they oh, don't. Oh, like the melt. Japanese ice cream balls. Well, no. See, those are actually those are actually sort of wet and squishy. I just had a box of cuties this week. They I don't know what what are cuties. They are non dairy ice cream sandwiches. Are cuties? Oh, like the uh, skinny cow sandwiches. I thought Cuties might be one of those weird British candies that they have here in America. I was actually at, um, I was at Clack- uh, Clackamas Town Center. I was, I was going to the... Uh, Trying the Ra- on
5: shoes. Do- <laughs>
1: <laughs> licking, Having his legs licked. <laughs> licking some toes. Um, I was there actually to go to uh, to go to Rasha Thai and Asian Kitchen. And I was Asian there kitchen, yesterday, too. Which is uh, one of our uh, fine advertisers. It uh, so was we're, excellent. We're walking through the mall, and we passed this Dip and Dots place, and it is... It is this sort of, it looks like a sort of a candy store slash kiosk. And it's always in the middle of a mall. They have one at Lloyd Center, too. And it is this ice cream that they sell. And it's sort of like chocolate chips. That's basically what the consistency of it is. And they'll shovel it out, and they'll put it in the thing, and they'll hand it to you. And it's like this kind of weird freeze-dried ice cream that doesn't melt. But they have this thing in huge letters that says, The Ice Cream of the Future! Which I guess would work if they hadn't started selling that in, like, 1984. So, we just move on from that. So back on the scrap dealing thing, I haven't had to mail a letter in like the longest time, so I have no idea exactly how much it costs. But you're saying forty-four cents? That'll be the big That's complaint. That's I pay my bills by mailing them. The scrap guys will complain that sending out that check is going to uh, is going to cause a negative cash flow, which is why this probably won't work. So just uh, just an FYI. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk.
3: Well, let's talk about the new uh, Beastie Boys song, shall we? It mentions none other than. Wolf Blitzer.
4: What
3: do you think of that, Wolf? Gotta say, life is uh, pretty good. I've chatted with Leno, I've danced with Ellen DeGeneres, and now my name has been dropped in a new rap song. The Beastie Boys have a brand new single entitled Too Many Rappers. I guess something about a hologram with Wolf Blitzer. How'd you find out about that? I can't tell you how many you people. I, I, I love the Beastie Boys. and They they were so excited. Uh, your name, they, they mentioned your name in, in a new song.
6: Do you listen to their music? No. Like Beastie Boys,
3: in... I'm not big on. I do like <laughs> Lady Gaga. Though. Okay.
1: I am your embarrassing sure you father. Yeah. <laughs> you kids love this disco thing.
2: Oh, that's embarrassing to even hear.
1: Let's go get some dipping Dots, shall we? <laughs> Good God Almighty. All right. Well, so there. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, Hi, I'm Your Embarrassing Father, let me just read these uh, these two little brief things from the Oregonian here. I don't mean to pick on the Oregonian, but the Oregonian does occasionally seem to be a clash of different generations. We've spoken about this. Depending on whose column you're reading in the Oregonian, it, it does uh, sometimes look as though you are reading a paper that is put together by... It, it, it looks like a Freaky Friday kind of thing sometimes, where there's both Jodie Foster, age 12, and her mom, age 45, and they've each like taken half the newspaper. And so depending on what you read, uh, it's either the voice of today or the voice of many, 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 many years ago. Which voice
2: is this, Rick Emerson?
1: I'm just looking at the front of today's How We Live section. I'm just going to read you the headlines. I won't bother to read the articles. The column on the right-hand side by Carrie Sturrock, who writes the PDX Green column. This headline just makes me laugh for reasons that I can't really quantify. The headline is just, We can't ignore toilet water use anymore. Who is ignoring toilet water use? If my toilet's lacking water, I notice it, because the toilet is not usable at all. We can't be consumed by our toilet water anymore. That's exactly how I did it in my head. I did it as Bill Pullman from Independence Day. Look at this headline, Sarah. <laughs> we can't ignore toilet water use anymore. <laughs> and I was picturing, like, the triumphant music behind me, and then uh, and then Randy Quaid is crying in the front one, and I say, Everyone, we can't ignore toilet water use anymore. They, they thrust their fists in the air, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then right next to that, uh, there is a big article about, I don't know, Portland going green or something. I'm just going to read this the way it's written. The article is called Green Persuasion. And it's apparently somebody from the No Joy, No Fun of Any Kind is club here in Portland. Crystal Green Persuasion? See, I thought they were going to say Crystal Green because that would have made sense. Green Persuasion, I think, is not even a, uh, like a play in anything. It's not even a pun. I would have gone Crystal Green Persuasion as well. Mm-hmm. It's about a woman named Susan Anderson, who I guess is in charge of making sure that everything in Portland is like I don't know, so d- d- paper free or plastic free, whatever it is you're supposed to do. The subheadline, Portland threw away everything in the same bag anyway. I feed everything to the same dolphin. It says Portland Susan Anderson, and there are actual quotes here. I'm not implying them. Portland Susan Anderson promotes sustainability by making it fun and Cool. Oh, I was going to say edgy. No, no, no. It's fun and cool, Sarah. <laughs> not unlike our good fun friend Wolf. And it, cool.
3: In reality, it's tedious, and you have to put it out at a certain time on a certain day, which you'll never remember.
1: It is tedious and ultimately pointless. That's uh, the official opinion of CBS Radio. Throw it away Radio. in the trash if Fred Meyer when
3: nobody's looking. That's what people do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dump it in your neighbor's bin when he's not around. Alright, straight ahead we will talk to Steve Cronin, who is the uh, goaltender, goalkeeper. He stops the thing from going through the other thing for the Portland Timbers. You stay there. Back after this.
4: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As
4: a rock star, you know I was being a rock star in the music to a biscuit and the rock star.
0: The Rick Emerson show returns. <laughs>
1: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. You can text if you like. It's five two zero five one. Coming up at 90 uh, at uh, 90 it smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on your Friday morning.
3: Well, just to keep Portland weird, a jury declared the parents of that faith healing trial are not guilty. Did silverton 's transgendered male show just a little bit too much skin in front of the kids, and cash for Clunkers begin today.
1: all right. We want to welcome now to the Rick Emerson show uh, from the Portland Timbers. Uh, goalkeeper. Now, I want to ask you this uh, just before just like I'm right out start of the. On gate. the goaltender thing no it, it, Steve Cronin is here, and I want I said I think at one point goaltender or goalkeeper what is correct what I was going to say goalie because it 's a nice sort of neutral term to use. what I, am I supposed to say
7: i prefer uh, I prefer goalkeeper. I actually saw it on the on the sheet here that you he added down as goaltender. So, but I think that's mostly for hockey. So, we like goalkeeper and goalkeeper. Yeah. All right. And then I realized I was doing like
1: a Harry Potter Quidditch reference. And then it just became embarrassing for everybody involved. So, <laughs> well,
2: at least you're laying out like your dork cards right so. uh, now. You know, I'm just going to put it
1: all on the table. I'm not going to pretend to be any cooler than I am. Um, so, one of the things I've noticed is that. Everybody's talked for a long time about you know soccer so huge in the rest of the world and you know when is America going to catch up? When are the states going to sort of get uh, you know get on board? And it seems that recently, the last few years, there's been a lot of traction where there's just this exponential growth in people being interested in soccer. What what do you think was the spark for that? What do you think caused a lot of that growth in the interest?
7: Uh, It's hard to say. I think I think that's just kind of the natural cycle for it. I think uh, you know the the. You know, MLS and USL, I think both leagues are doing a good job of marketing their teams, and especially here in Portland, I mean, you can see, I mean, especially when we're having a successful year like we are this year, it's, you know, it's catching on like crazy. And when you are not, when you're not playing soccer, what is, you know, Portland's, you know, a
1: city where there's a lot of different facets, no matter what kind of, you know, stripe of life you walk on, there's something to do. What do you do when you're not playing?
7: Uh, I, I'm i really, I'm a homebody. I like to just, I like to hang out at home, uh, but if i have to choose other things to do it'd be you know camping and fishing and uh, i like to play golf as well
2: so if you go if you go out around portland do you get accosted by like all the timbers fanboys
7: you know i've been i've been recognized a couple times but uh, never, never costed. See, I don't know.
1: If, here's the. I'm just going to say this. I don't know if any of these answers are true, but they're totally perfect because they mm-hmm. play really well with women too. I would imagine you go. Well, I'm, I'm a homebody. I like to. Uh, I like I really to like fashion. I like to decorate my house and call my mother uh, on Sundays. And well, uh, I, I don't mean, get recognized or asked out at all. In fact, I, um, I really uh, don't have anything to do tonight. So, are
2: you, are you liking being on the Timbers more? Um, I mean, well, what's the difference, like, between playing for the Galaxy for Galaxy and then uh, mm-hmm. being on the Timbers? Are you? Like in Portland. Uh,
7: well, I mean, the cities are are completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed my time in L.A. Um, but but coming here and, and the fans here and everything, I think was I mean, you know, Galaxy probably has the highest attendance in MLS. But coming here, I'd rather play for these fans because they're just loud and crazy. And that's awesome.
2: so much fun. The and that's why I go to most of the games is like the energy is just so fun.
7: Mm-hmm. It does seem to be. I mean, soccer
1: fans are cut from a different uh, cloth. There really are no fans in the sporting realm, I and mean, even I know that. Uh, there's no fan like a soccer fan. What is it about the game you think that brings out that, that kind of person?
7: I think, well, I think they get caught up in the rhythm of it. Uh, you know, I mean, they're chanting and singing the whole time, and that's a lot like soccer. I mean, there's constant movement. There's always something going on. So I think uh, it's easy for the fans to feel like they have an impact on the game. And uh, you know when we have home games. I mean, we haven't lost at home this year. We've given up, I think, two goals at home this year. And I mean, the fans are a huge, huge part of that. I think it's understated how much how much of a role they play. And uh, for our success, especially home this year, I mean, they played a, a huge, huge role. So the same, and we're
1: talking to uh, Steve Cronin, he's the goalkeeper for Portland Timbers. Uh, and we should say at this juncture, uh, tomorrow's game, seven p.m. PGE Park against Burnley. You can get tickets at PGE Park or at PortlandTimbers.com. dot com. So if you're on the road and you're playing somewhere else, and that the place you're playing that home team is they're loud, they're raucous, they're rowdy. How much does that affect you? Does it get in your head at all? Do you have to shut it out and just not even hear it? Or
7: <laughs> Well, I mean, they always have they always have fans behind the goal that are always, like, you know, specifically trying to talk to me and throw me off. So, I mean, I hear what they say, but, I mean, I've I've had enough experience, uh, you know, in my career to... To throw those things aside and and just keep playing. And so what I is? Oh, I'm sorry. Why would well, actually
1: see now? I have to know. So it,
7: I, you have to kind of keep it clean for the radio, obviously. But what is? What's the thing they shout most often? Like, if do they do the, uh, you, the "you suck"? Yeah, yeah. like you suck. Uh, you Vancouver. Suck is a classic. The no, no,
2: but that's the. There used to be this great cheer, but we got banned from doing it a couple of years <laughs> back because uh, there'd be like a build when the other goalie was going to start was going to run up and kick the ball, and then there'd be like a chant, and then it led up to "you suck." Blank hole. Sort of like a wave. Yeah. but yeah. Audio. I think
7: it started with FU, not you suck.
2: Oh, that's what we did yeah. the you suck version.
7: We're building to the FU. That, we're going to roll that, that out appropriate? Next year. I don't know. FU is fine. Okay. we're all about the FU. <laughs> okay. But uh yeah, Vancouver actually had a uh, they had a creative one. They actually somehow got my parents' phone number. Oh, geez. and so they're just sitting behind the goal, like chanting my parents' phone number. Oh, that's like, awkward.
1: That yeah. is that's messed up. Yeah, and it's creepy. like
7: I actually, I mean, uh, that's like four know,
2: wartime mental. I wow.
7: actually, I actually have like you know, I, I rank like how good the fans are, are getting in my head, and that one made me laugh. So I thought it was that's bad. all. That. We're gonna call your parents so they can hear this. I know. It, yeah. Failure. I mean, I know it's, I know it's innocent. So I mean, until <laughs> they, until they start, you know, saying other things, all. So have you learned how harmless.
2: to um, completely hate Seattle.
7: I have. Good. I have. Um Good for you. you well know, done. I hate it. I think I hate every team equally that we play. But Good. uh you know, seeing seeing the city's passion, you know, for for beating Seattle and doing well against them, I think uh definitely translates into the team.
1: Mm-hmm. We should talk a bit about Puerto Rico them. You guys are are you guys are tied for first place. We are. Uh right now. Let, tell awesome. me a little bit about last night's game.
7: Uh it was a tough game. Um you know, it ended up at a 0-0 draw. Uh both teams had a couple chances. I think we had the better ones and uh you know, I, I think we were unlucky not to win the game. Uh with that said though, I mean they're a good team. There's a reason they're tied for first place with us. And uh it was I mean, it's your pretty classic clash of of two top of the table teams, just real hard fought and and uh, you know, both defenses played real well. So
1: I'm talking to Steve Cronin, he's the goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers. You can find out more Portland Timbers dot com. I have Do you, girl, um, I, I, I'll, I'll
7: tell you. What. I'll ask <laughs> and then I'll
1: tag over you. Here. I love okay, it.
2: you just look at me and then I'll ask.
1: <laughs> I just, uh, I'm, I'm curious to know if, when you're growing up, especially with a sport that, um, uh, you know, you're, um, you're 26. So the, you know, the, the traction for this, you know, really sort of kicked up in the last few years in terms of American interest. Did you? What was your exposure to to soccer in other countries as a kid? Did you see much of it? When was the first time you were exposed I
7: was, to that? Well, I was, I was actually really lucky growing up. I was on youth national teams. Um, so I, I mean, from an early, really early age, like 13, 14 years old, I was going to places like Bolivia, Belgium, Austria, like all over the place. And, and the good thing is they always made sure to expose us to like the professional games there. And so you, you always hear about it when you're growing up, like, Oh, it's unbelievable over there, but to see it at such a young age. Like, I mean, that was, I mean, that was one of the more inspiring things for me to want to do this for a living and, and, uh, you know, finding a place like, like Portland with, the with the Timbers army, uh, you know, I think it's the closest thing in America to to playing over there.
2: That's awesome. Okay, I have a Portland-specific question. So, you know, being you know being in the stands and watching the games, there's always referencing that referencing to the fact that people think the referees are biased, mm-hmm. like against Portland. Now, would you, is that something you'd agree with? <laughs> I
7: mean, it really it really seems like that. It sometimes. seems like, ridiculous. I'm watching night, this and it's
2: like, what the hell's going on?
7: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, though. But oh, they, come on, go ahead. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. I I feel like in in a lot of the games this year, we we haven't gotten the Ferris call. It's
2: embarrassing to watch. I mean, if if you can see it from the stands that that's not an accurate call, then obviously yeah. you should be able to see it if yeah. it's right in front of them.
7: Well, the worst part, I think they they're pretty defensive too about about what they do, and when they make mistakes, a lot of them are like you know they're real uh, arrogant. Relu- arrogant, like well, I don't know. I think they're real reluctant to admit fault you know if they're wrong it's fine i mean you you know you're going to make mistakes we we make mistakes in the games we need to be held accountable but uh you know and they think they did nothing wrong and they don't see you know our side of it and they're not able to talk about it I mean that's that's when it becomes an issue and you kind of lose them for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you for how long it's just and actually just a moment (laughs) ago when you when you said that
1: you having seen the way the game is played and the way the uh, fans are in other countries that the Timbers Army is the closest thing you've seen to that and as I just looked over at Sarah with this huge grin on my face because I know how happy it makes people in Portland to hear that because there's a lot of self awareness that people are people know that there's something kind of special going on in in Portland um. And clearly it's time for some sort of revolution uh, yes. in terms of the refs. I mean, the, now clearly like the, so something needs to the be done.
2: <laughs> it's going to be great. Excellent.
1: Uh, Steve Krohn, the goalkeeper of the Portland Timbers, uh, portlandtimbers.com, of course, is the website. A game tomorrow, 7 p.m., at PG Park uh, against Burnley. You can get tickets uh, at PG Park or at portlandtimbers.com. So uh, best of continued success. Good luck and all Thank things, you. my friend. Thank you so Thank much. You. All, right. all right. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. We've got Smells Like the 90s coming up at 9 with our good friend, Buzz. This is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live. From beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, the greatest city on God's green earth. Go nowhere. We return momentarily. It's Friday morning.
4: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere, at all times, to everyone, in accordance with prophecy.
1: Everybody wow. kneel before me just for like three seconds.
3: No.
4: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO.
1: Hello there. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Join us Monday... We have something else that's happening. We have Christy Turnquest from the Oregonian, who's going to be here Monday, and then something else that's escaping me at the moment. Something that seemed fantastically interesting.
2: Hmm.
1: Maybe not. I might be hallucinating that.
2: There's always something fantastically
1: interesting. I suppose. Ladies and gentlemen, this is fantastically interesting. It's Tim Riley at the news desk.
3: In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is now 845. It's going to be 95 degrees today and 100 this Ugh, weekend. Maybe me. even more.
1: See, you keep saying that in a more and more threatening tone of voice. It's I want to people to know. Deeply disturbed by the whole thing. So the question is, did
3: Silverton's transgendered male show a little bit too much skin at a meeting with local school kids? A nonprofit group that clearly doesn't like him and trying to stir up trouble claims Mayor Stu Rasmussen wore a skimpy skirt and a halter top, <laughs> violating the city's dress code. The mayor's response? It's 90 degrees outside and humid. Give him a break. Lots of Michael Jackson news. Let's go through it quickly. Law enforcement officials say... They're going to release autopsy results next week, and the cause of death will almost certainly be homicide—death at the hands of another. So
2: once again, TMZ was right.
1: Totally. Uh, you know, and I should have had my—I uh, should have had my suspense music ready uh, for that. But you know, this does remind me that we need to get a different Jackson watch because I think the Jackson watch theme we've been using doesn't work anymore. <laughs>
2: it really does, uh, it and it's kind of awkward.
1: And it's sort of awkward. So uh, we need to find some sort of different Jackson watch theme. We may do a contest uh, to create that. So be thinking about that, kids.
3: So at the top of the suspicion list, Dr. Conrad Murray. A receipt for search warrant detailed items seized when DA officials in LAPD descended on his clinic. Among them, 27 tablets of the weight loss drug, whatever it's called. And his lawyer uh, refused to talk about it right now. Meanwhile, Michael Jackson's doctor made the star son watch his vain attempt to revive him. They added that the scene was horrific and very traumatic for Prince Michael, who's 12. But Dr. Conrad Murray wanted a witness to his unsuccessful try at CPR, that from the sun. Meanwhile, the plot thickens. They're fighting a tangled web of aliases that doctors use to prescribe drugs to Michael. Among them, Omar Arnold, Michael Arles, drawing, Jack London, and Peter Madani.
1: let's not forget Joseph Scruzz. Scruz. And
3: Scruggs. Scruzz, man. Meanwhile, there's an urgent need for funds, say Catherine Jackson's lawyers. Anybody take care of them kids. Nicole Richie is planning to pay tribute to her late godfather, Michael Jackson, by naming her unborn child after him. The federal minimum wage goes up today. Millions of Americans will take home $7.25 an hour. will not take it home.
1: Definitely not. Time for a Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson radio program.
8: Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In
9: the Quasar dilemma, remember, you used... to
1: it's just a television show. That's all, okay?
9: <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... And just listen, I'm there, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn ship. ship.
8: You got it? it
6: Energize.
3: Jeff Bridges promises the new Tron is just as groundbreaking as the 27-year-old original. A 59-year-old actor and star of the original film came to Comic-Con to help present early footage of Tron Legacy, due 2010. He notes that when Tron was released in 1982... The Internet and Personal Computers didn't exist. They had personal computers in 82. What's he talking about? <laughs> uh, despite modern moviegoers' everyday interaction and in technology... This release is a tissue of lies. Never
2: question Jeff Bridges. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, filmmakers showed some concept sketches and a brief never-before-seen clip, part two. Uh, Aviator alert. Speaking at uh, Comic-Con, James Cameron announced it on August 21st, 20th Century Fox will take over as many IMAX and 3D screens around the world as it can to show 50 minutes of promotional footage from Avatar. The stroke buzz with a sci-fi flick. The screenings are a highly unusual move. Uh, he's warming up the sci-fi mind crowd by saying, who wants to go to another planet? Me, me, me. Before rolling nearly 25 minutes of scenes from the otherworldly tale,
1: I hope this movie doesn't suck. It's re- it's going to be a big downer if it's bad.
3: It's set on the fictitious planet Pandemonium or Pandorium. It's I'm gonna more concerned be- about Alice in
2: Wonderland sucking.
1: Uh, see, in that, uh, 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 to me, it's like Alice in Wonderland, which is the new as Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. I'm not worried about that sucking. I figure at worst. Like the worst case scenario for that Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland is it'll look pretty much like you expect a Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland thing. To th- yeah, I bad mean Tim uh, Burton movie still isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 gonna have a lot of art where everything is like covered in little spirally stripes, uh, you know, and there'll be like, uh, you know, like little squiggly trees, and like and, doll heads. Yeah, and and you know exactly, and uh, and doll heads, and they'll have somebody with like big candy cane stockings on, and like that. I mean, th- so I mean, a bad Tim Burton film is still good looking. the The thing about the uh, camera though is like hey hasn't made... A movie since Titanic, really. Um, so if this one doesn't, if this one doesn't, and it's already kind of they said this cost three hundred million dollars already, it's not done. It's too much. So I, I'm just saying. So I uh, I hope that it's good for all of us. And
3: six. the new Star Wars musical is coming to the uh, Rose Garden in November. Tickets go on sale the first of August.
1: And you can see uh, more about that. You can see uh, Tim uh, Riley and Greg Nibbler as they endeavored to get to the press conference yesterday where this Which was announced. We did. You go to RickEmerson.com and despite some people in the audience who are clearly Defective in some way, who can't seem to make this work. Uh, I know that clicking and scrolling back to back can t- tax, uh, you know, people occasionally.
2: That's like walking and chewing gum. <laughs> you have all weekend
1: to figure it out. I'm <laughs> going to be stuck inside. It's too hot to do anything else. <laughs> hey, so Buy just the video. You know, it's click, it's scroll. Try it over and over again in different combinations till you find one that works. Uh, go to RickEmerson.com's First blog entry. Click it. Go about halfway down. You'll see the video of Tim and Greg trying to get into the rose garden and eventually succeeding. Yes, uh, to see this uh, Star Wars press conference. Uh, so that's. Uh, that's what you should do. Uh, hey, let's close the Geek Watch, and then I'll do something, and then we'll, uh, then we'll uh, bring the curtain out of
9: there. By hammer, by the Sons of War Van. I shall avenge you. Next Ooh.
4: Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a
1: dangerous mix. I remember what it is. Monday, we have Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian who's going to join us. And then Monday night uh, is the premiere, uh, the KUFO premiere of Funny People, which is the new Judd Apatow film, which it looks so uh, good. Which looks amazing. Uh, also, I can't believe really I forgot this. Monday, uh, we will, for the first time, be doing our day after True Blood recap uh, because I'm now completely caught up. Uh, and so Sarah and I on Monday morning will be able to, uh, to come here and speak about Are you going to make a fun
2: theme song that we can play behind a a bed?
1: I'm going to make a little, uh, yeah, a little opening and a little little, everything for it. Yeah, I'm going to create a whole little music bed that goes with it. So we'll have our True Blood recap. Uh, on uh on Monday so uh, you want to be uh, listening for that also coming up next week crew fest two which happens on Tuesday so it's gonna be uh, gonna be an action, action-packed few days uh, next week uh at this point we want to remind you that coming up in about I don't know like eight minutes or so uh, straight up nine o'clock you're gonna be able to go to kufo.com get yourself a half-off gift certificate to Rasha Thai and Asian kitchen it's, oh, it's yummy uh, it' so uh, obviously you went and you liked it yes see and I I went there earlier in the week with Laura, and it was great and you know what I can tell you we actually had one of these uh, gift certificates one of these 20 $25 gift certificates, which you can get for 12 bucks, And it was Lara and I, and we each had, I would say, fairly sizable lunch. We ended up taking food home with us, and we each had a beverage. Uh, and it actually it didn't, you know, we, and we still, you know, it wasn't even wasn't even the 25 bucks. So um, it's a great place. You go to uh, KUFO.com. You can get a $25 Rasha Thai and Asian uh, kitchen certificate for $12. Uh, so it is uh, just as it sounds. It is half off. But right now, if you're caller, 10 at 503 228 4101 You'll be able to uh, get yourself one of those before you can buy it, but you will be able to buy those at the top of the hour, about seven minutes from now, at KUFO.com. All right, we want to thank uh, CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins for joining us today. Also from Geekinthecity.com, Aaron Duran, Dax Holt from TMZ will rejoin us next Tuesday, and Steve Cronin from the Portland Timbers.
2: Woo, Timbers tomorrow. Oh, Timbers. Uh,
1: Look for the uh, photo of Sarah and myself and Steve where uh, we're all blushing and giggling like schoolchildren children. a <laughs> uh, KUFO.com later on. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah stillin for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, our production assistant extraordinaire uh, who makes all things possible. The front desk, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't Donoff with me Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next today, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend, Buzz. It is Friday, July 24th, 2009, and that is the Freak Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Have a good weekend. Watch out for snakes. See y'all Monday. Bye
0: now.
5: Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity.
0: Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.